0: You're a guy who, from the outside looking in, positions himself as the everyman, the non-athlete, the ordinary dude, but that's really not entirely accurate.
1: I'm quite proud now to actually have gone from this unhappy school portrait photographer to...
0: Sean Conway.
1: An iron-distance triathlon every day for 105 days people have asked me what do you think is the reason you do these things and i sort of don't want to know it's an unpopular opinion now everyone sort of says oh it's all about the journey no i'm like so bad <laughs>
0: Sean, so nice to meet you. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> Thank you for having me, uh, Although it may look a little bit like my home studio. We are in London recording. Yeah. and You made the trip down. You're wearing your kit. So I thought, um, did
1: you just, did you run here? Did you ride your bike here? <laughs> I was going to cycle. I was going to cycle yesterday and doing an all day. It was 220 mile, which you know, normally for me, I would just do on the spur. But I thought, right, let me, could I do it? Could I do it? And then yesterday I just got a bit busy. And then the, the sort of the terrier in me, because... I'm two characters in life. I'm a monkey and a terrier and I've got to feed mm. both animals. Uh, the terrier me saying, do something, do something because it's been four weeks now. And even though everyone's telling me to do nothing and just sit on the sofa and Netflix, yeah. uh, I can't, I just can't. So tomorrow- It's not in your nature. No, it's not. my. I just, <laughs> I get, even, so I came down on the train with my mate Chris and, um, you know, like, oh, and he's like, mate, stop fidgeting. What are you doing? Like, You're I just looking can't. out the window yeah, thinking about I mean, why. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, tomorrow, for, so uh-huh. a bit car fest on Friday- so tomorrow I got the day off. So I thought, well, wow, sixty mile, hundred k to Carfest. Could I run it? Mm. And it's it's quite an easy train line. There's probably a train station every ten miles. So if, I'll just bail if I can't do it. So right. we'll, yeah, I just got to do something.
0: That's cool. So yeah. so sixty miles. So you would leave what at like four in the morning? Probably or five. Like that. Yeah, yeah,
1: probably five a.m. Uh, it'd probably take me fourteen hours, fifteen hours. I think maybe. Uh, as I said, I I really should not do this. I'm still nursing the hip thing. But I thought, let me crack out the 105 yeah. kit one more time and, uh, before it lands up on a frame in my in my garage, actually. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so that's why I'm in this, got my running kit.
0: Well, I'm getting a ride to CarFest. Oh. So if I'm driving by, I'll either wave <laughs> yeah. or, or pull over. <laughs> yeah, I'll and... give you a banana. You
1: can just throw <laughs> yeah. it out the window. How
0: are you? <laughs> um, that's interesting. The terrier and what is the other the monkey. animal? The yeah. monkey. Mm. Is that sort of an alter ego? type of situation like you you try to channel that energy and transcend yourself in the way that the iron cowboy has the iron cowboy it's a different personality or david goggins has goggins like these are ways to get out of your own mental loop and and do extraordinary things by being somebody else altogether.
1: yeah i mean there's definitely there's a part of me that now looks back at everything else i've done and goes is that like that's not you like there's the imposter syndrome part of me and the person the little kid who was never picked at school for sport and you know I, I was in the seventh team rugby at my school I think there was only one other school in the whole mm. of South Africa that had seven teams so we only had one match a year and um, you know I was terrible at sport growing up I'm quite short now and I only grew after school so I was tiny at school in South Africa which is very macho and you know if you're not good at rugby or cricket you're a nobody type thing um so really my my belief, which is so ingrained in me now that I'm, I shouldn't be able to do these things. It's, I think it's still there somewhere. So the person who then goes off and does a hundred full irons, even now I'm sitting here going like, is that was like was that like that can't be me? Like mm. I'm not that guy, you know. Um, so the the, the monkey terrier thing is is more I've I've noticed over the years. I've got to feed both those animals in certain ways to make me like my for my mental health mainly just for my well-being and the monkey is what i am mostly and i love being a monkey i'm inquisitive i break things i fix things i have to do things with my hands whether it's gardening fixing things i'm into woodwork knife making yeah you fix old cars old cars yeah i've got old cars that i'm sort of messing around with i've always got one on the go and then just about to sell the one i've just finished now and find another one and um yeah so that's the the monkey but then The monkey gets frustrated if, if, if the terrier doesn't get fed and every now and then the terrier just needs to chase something. Mm -hmm. It's one task, simple, chase it. And then what I've worked out is, and that can be little things. So it can be, you know, fixing these projects or learning something new or the the latest thing I'm chasing is yoga. I've always poo-pooed yoga, but this last week I've got what I did my first yoga thing on YouTube and I was like, man, I am rubbish at this. and. I was all of a sudden right I hate being rubbish at something and I it doesn't dissuade me from trying to do it more mm-hmm. so now I'm all in for yoga so every morning I'm up at five twenty nine. I do half an hour of yoga before the kids wake up and it's changed my world honestly because I've, I've done everything I've got an ice bath at home a sauna tried all the different herbal things for sleep like um theanine and magnesium mm-hmm um and there's the the a yeah, the human yeah i've done all of that you know <laughs> yeah. I've done, i do the salt in my <laughs> glass of water in the morning uh-huh. um but certainly the getting up at five thirty and doing half an hour of, of, of yoga or pilates i haven't done pilates yet but it's definitely i feel has the biggest impact in my life but the anyway the terrier it, for me to satisfy the terrier for the longest period afterwards i try and do these long really long difficult mm-hmm. challenges and i find i'm I'm a better husband, a better father, a better mate. I'm more satisfied in life. I'm healthier, fitter, eat better. So yeah, once I worked out those, I then stopped feeling guilty for being a monkey. Because, mm-hmm. you know, monkeys are annoying, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and I was annoying. And I'd, you know, because I was always I remember as a kid, my parents going, just stick to something, you know, because I'd have a hobby every five minutes. And I started sort of feeling like there was something wrong with me, like for having all these different interests every five minutes and and it even extends to, you know, when I'm doing one of the cars, for example, I'll do half a job and then run out of screws. And then most normal people go to the shop, buy more screws, come back and fix that. I'm like, no, I'm going to go on a move. You're done, I'm gonna <laughs> You're do, done with do that. do the wheel exactly. now and then do half the wheel. And then, yeah. You know, so when we're doing, when we bought our house, we uh, it, we bought it off a 90 year old guy. And. It just needed some tarting up. But Caroline was so frustrated because I'd do half the living room and then half the bedroom. And none of it was finished until all of a sudden it was all finished. And Uh uh, that kind of works for me. That's so
0: interesting because the terrier would not allow something to go uncompleted. Exactly. Right? The terrier latches onto something and doesn't let go. But the complementary nature of these two essences of who you are are very cool. And to be able to identify that, understand it, and and know what needs to get fed yeah. and how they kind of interlace with each other is, is a really kind of beautiful yeah. model. The monkey being the guy who's tinkering with the puzzle pieces, especially with these huge projects, right? Yeah. There's so many variables, there's so many things to think about, pieces moving all over the place, how do they all fit together? Uh, that's the problem solving part of your mind. And then the terrier is, the tenaciousness and the single-mindedness to attack something and yeah. complete it all together.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And then the terrier is, is once the terrier is engaged, it's red mist, blinkers on. <laughs> Nothing you know, else. No, honestly, no. like, and, and it f- infuriates Caroline because every now and then the terrier creeps in in normal life. For example, mm. you know, there'll, there'll be a, something I'll remember in the veggie plot, like halfway through dinner, like, oh, I've, I've not done that thing for the for the pumpkins for Halloween. And if I don't Water them now. I'll forget, and I'll literally get up halfway through it, and I'm like, I have to do it now. You don't understand. Uh-huh. Like I'm like the opposite of a procrastinator. It's just if I like, I can't not wait. It's just I have to do it. Mm. So for doing these long challenges, I found. It's just, for me, that destination is all that matters. Mm. It's an unpopular opinion now. Everyone sort of says, oh, it's all about the journey, not about the destination. No, I'm like, sod that. <laughs> no, I, I
0: appreciate your, your candor and honesty yeah. around that. Like, yeah. no,
1: I'm going for the record. No, I'm going for the record. Yeah, like,
0: like we can drape it in a charity and yeah. all of that. But, you know, that thing where you get the email and your friend is going to be running the 10K or the yeah. marathon and it's like, yeah. they're raising money and it's like, okay, that's great and that's important and there's certainly, you know, something to be honored and all of that. Mm-hmm. But let's be honest about what we're really doing here, mm-hmm. right? Like no. you want to go run this thing and accomplish that. Why are we embarrassed yeah. to no, say that? Exactly. Yeah. You know?
1: And and for me, it's, I just have to do it. Mm-hmm. I can't not go for the record. I just what get is, no satisfaction out what's,
0: of it. What's behind that though? Like part of me thinks when you have to get up from the dinner table and go fix that thing, there's some like dysfunction around control operating there yeah maybe growing up in all these different places or feeling like your life was out of control yeah
1: i went to boarding school quite young when i was seven um would come home on the weekends from seven till nine then nine hours proper boarding school people have asked me what do you think is the reason you do these things and i sort of don't want to know like Mm. it's working Like, I don't want to be fixed, actually. Like, there's obviously maybe something wrong. Yeah. And maybe there was a childhood trauma that (laughs) I'm trying, and I'm trying to... Every high
0: achiever says this. They feel like if they really delve into that, that they're going to lose their superpower. absolutely.
1: You know, I was speaking... It's a
0: lie, though. You know that, right? Like, (laughs) that's an illusion. You'll actually be probably more fit to do the things that that you're trying to do. Okay.
1: Well, I'm glad you said that, actually, because it's sort of been at the back of my mind the whole time. Like, oh, should I find out, you know? But what if I find out and it's a horrible story, mm. which I don't remember, and then I find out, and then I'm like, oh no, i found this out, and you know, hey, now I've got to deal with that. Right. B... I mean,
0: you'll you'll have to grapple with that. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to you know reckon yeah. with it. Yeah. But I think ultimately, on the other side of that, there's always greater freedom, happiness, yeah. and 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 sort of liberation for yourself. If there is something there that's being repressed out of some defense mechanism, there's a survival. Uh, you know, kind of dynamic operating there. Yeah. But at some point in your life, it will likely surface yeah. or perhaps it's already manifesting in unhealthy ways that yeah. you're unaware of.
1: Yeah,
0: I never hear about people who undergo that process and come out the other side and feel like it wasn't worth it or they're not better for having done it. Yeah.
1: Oh, I, I understand know. what you're that's saying. That's good to know. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Well, I might, I might look into it actually. I might look into <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> um, no, it's true. It's true because there's certain things in real life. I like. I don't sleep well. I've never slept well ever. Although since I'm doing the yoga thing, yeah. I've been. Sleeping you have quite to just. Well
0: you have to go out and, and do an Ironman every day. So oh, you can, I, I, you yeah. Can sleep well, weirdly, really I did sleep well quite then. <laughs> <at> the <laughs> yeah. beginning.
1: The first month was horrendous. I had right. hot sweats and my average heart rate in the first week, sleeping heart rate, was eighty nine. That was my wow. average for sleeping time. I, had a, I wore a whoop for the first week and then threw it away. I was like, mm. I don't want to know. My recovery right. is 1% every day. Up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to know that. You're starting out at 1% yeah. every yeah, single day. Yeah. Just, yeah, so.
0: yeah, well, you had to go through, I mean, James said the same thing. There's that adaptation phase until yeah. your body kind of settles into what it's doing and understands yeah. it. Um, so let's get into that. I mean, first of all, like, how long has it been? It's been like two months now?
1: So Since, four weeks last Sunday. Oh, uh, so only up, four weeks. Four and a half weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: So how are you feeling? How is the body doing?
1: The first couple of days after, I felt amazing. And I was like, damn it. I knew I shouldn't have stopped. Um, and, then, and then the third day, oh, I just crashed. And then, but it wasn't a bad crash. I was just like, obviously my body had gone, right, well, we're not doing this again. Mm-hmm. You can just relax. Um, and then I thought that was the bottom... I thought it would be a a sharp drop off. I'm at the bottom and I'm going to slowly get better over however long a month, two months, six months, a year. But actually I then got worse the next week. And then the third week was really bad. Like just, I was sleeping a lot, but I had zero. It was like a permanent bonk. like Mm -hmm. walking up the stairs at home. I was like, wow, this is tough. Even though I went on a few bike rides and my figures were okay. Um, like the power was okay, and the heart rate was okay, but I just felt awful. I just couldn't. And the motivation was there. That's the other good thing mm. that I've been surprised by. I've been motivated to keep the fitness, but I just had nothing in the tank. No matter food wouldn't do it, sleep didn't do it, uh, I was stretching, doing the yoga. Um, And this week... That shouldn't come as a surprise, though. No, I know, but the terrier and the monkey, they're throwing... Thoughts in my head, yeah. and like you know, I have this
0: amazing I, base. Yeah, well, I exactly. I can't I've
1: squander done, it. I've done ninety hours. <laughs> I've done ninety hours a week of Zone One and Two training <laughs> right. for three and a half months. I'm like, that's got to be worth something. I don't want to lose that. Like, I'm never gonna do that again. So, yeah, I'm yeah, I'm want to keep the fitness. So, which is why I'm now gonna tr- try and do a run tomorrow. Mm. And but I'm good enough at micro analyzing everything. Yeah, there's and we can go over this. There's ten pillars of endurance that I and every day on everything I do that's a multi-day you have got to tick every single box so it's planning f- uh, experience fitness health nutrition hydration sleep muscle management mindset or motivation and community so if you nail all 10 of those every single day you're going to be able to nail multi-day endurance challenges and and you know it's I did that every single day doing the 105 mm-hmm. um And I sort of want to get back to a place where I'm now. You know, if I did that now, surely I'm just going to get you know get over this fatigue. But I know it doesn't work like that. Yeah, it doesn't. And in the past, you realize, of course,
0: intellectually that uh, that you can't persist in hitting it hard like that every single day. That you have to give yourself this break. And the sense that I'm getting from you is it's actually easier for you to get up and do an Ironman every day than it is for you to sit down and be with yourself and and allow yourself to heal.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, just thank goodness I have kids and an amazing wife, and that has kept me busy. I think in the old days, all the other things I've done, other than the Europe record where I was with Caroline, um, I've been single, really, and that's then my yeah i don't know i've i struggled a little bit because i didn't have my mind to focus on them and you know there's a part of me you say well why do you do this i have i have this sort of picture in my head of my kids as teenagers trying to learn the guitar and moaning about having sore fingers i was like Mm -hmm. you don't know pain boys (laughs) yeah you don't want to be that guy yeah (laughs) the 105 is actually the uh, the third longest thing i've done it's not even the longest and the other one so i cycle around the world 150 something days my length of britain swim was 135 days. And then my longest continuous triathlon, which is 3,500 mile, that was 85 days. Mm-hmm. So I've hovered around this long stuff for a while, um, but definitely this one's been way harder right. to recover from.
0: But yeah. I think you're doing pretty good. Yeah. All I can do is compare and contrast your experience with that of James's. Yeah. Um, and I know that James, in the wake, there's a lot of differences in the way that you guys kind of approach this and, and how it went for you guys. But James, you know, famously had a very difficult time. And then in the aftermath, his healing process was very protracted. And it included not just fatigue and depression, but cognitive issues. Like yeah. he went and had to do like brain exercises, like he couldn't think straight. I know you've said um, a few things around memory, but that was like during. Yeah. The iron mans but mentally you seem very clear you seem present and your energy feels pretty solid whereas james was really kind of having a hard time and it took him a very long time yeah. to kind of crawl out of that hole yeah.
1: so I, i've thought about this a lot because i knew people would be comparing the two mm-hmm. of us and i think there's a couple of things that i did different that suited me better one is well i didn't get injured i didn't get a severe injury right. like he did so you know knowing that he had to do that marathon with the brace with the poles fast walk like walking a marathon is way harder than running it with a good technique um you know his probably cortisol levels were really high because he knew that that was at the end of the day Mm -hmm. he was i think about two hours slower than me each day which meant he was getting less less rest and um and also I, I read, and I don't know how much of this is accurate on a daily basis, but he said he was doing three hours of physio a day, which was just taking away from sleep. And for me, of those 10 pistons, sleep, sleep is one of them. And it's almost number one priority for me. Like I knew I had to get fast enough to do a full distance on in zone one or two for one, because I couldn't be, I needed to be at 110 heart rate all mm-hmm. day. And if that made me fast enough to then still get eight hours sleep, that was the goal, and that was and that happened at around day 30-something.
0: And so. that came as a result of experimenting with physio and sleep exactly. to find that ratio that would work, and I think you're correct. I think James had a massive team, and he had people who were working on his body, and he needed that, but it did eat into his sleep, and you right. discovered that you were better off if you prioritized the sleep and then worked in the physio when you had a little buffer of time. Exactly that. So the
1: first month, I think I can't remember the exact day I stopped doing daily physio, but it was around day 30, let's say. Mm -hmm. I was doing about 20 minutes of physio between the bike and the run. And then I was doing half an hour physio in the evening, but there's a bit of faff time around each side of that. So I was losing an hour a day of potential sleep and I was slower. So for example, on day two, I nearly missed the 17-hour cutoff. I did 16 hours, 55, I think. Day three, 16 hours, 45, because uh, I picked up a knee niggle uh, on the bike from day one. Mm-hmm. Um, completely my own fault. I So the new bike I had built, I chose shorter cranks, um, and I totally forgot. So when I'd, I'd done my my bike fit on the old bike, which mm-hmm. had longer cranks, and I put the short cranks on and just totally forgot. So Your I just fit measured. was all messed up measured from bottom bracket up to seat post and like well, it's millimeter perfect I'll be good and then forgot I was Mm. like 10 mil off or something crazy and then in the in the chaos of day one you just never I just didn't pick it up right so I was super slow then I was having the physio so I was only getting you know six five hours sleep maybe six hours sleep and then this it sort of hovered around you know seven hours up until 30 and then I I remember once the knee thing was manageable because I was taping it and wearing the patella bands and then the ankle, the right sort of ankle shin, that had sort of calmed down a little bit. And uh, I thought, right, I wonder if I could, let's try going for sleepover physio. Let's just see. Because I can always just call them if I need the physio and it's not working. And I did that and it was a game changer. If you look at all my splits on my website, like as soon as that happened, I was, you know, I was A, a little bit quicker, but B, my mood was better. I felt like I could push it a little bit harder and I could sustain a faster mm-hmm. pace, which would then result in me being able to do, you know, have more sleep again. Right. And then you, you're on the so front of the wave. So yeah. compounds. Yeah, yeah. You land up on the front of the You're compounding
0: that interest.
1: Exactly. Whereas yeah. James would have, A, he had the injury to deal with, so the cortisol levels and the pain and all that stress. Uh, and he was a bit slower. And then he was having to do the physio. So of course he came out of that feeling mm. like completely ruined. Yeah. Um, because I knew, I knew it was doable without a major injury. You know, I've, I've done my marathon a day for forty-four days—the longest time I've done a, a marathon a day for. Pretty much, you know, I've done when I was cycling around the world, going for that record. Boy, I was two hundred miles a day, one hundred eighty to two hundred miles a day every day. When I swam the length of Britain, I was doing four and a half, four and a half hours on, seven hours off, four and a half mm-hmm. hours on, seven hours off with the tide. So and that again was day after day. So, at least in my head, <laughs> I was naive, naive enough to go. Well, actually, I if, I think this is doable without yeah. getting a serious injury. And and the run really is the one that will DNF you absolutely. Right, so, unless I,
0: you have some kind of devastating crash. Exactly. Yeah,
1: so, cause, and that's the other thing. I look at all what will DNF me, getting run over on the bike, getting a serious injury, which is most likely going to happen on the run, as in a repetitive strain injury like a compression fracture or tendon. Mm-hmm tear or things like that um getting really ill covid or something worse uh and the last one was um, you didn't want to think about but a family mm-hmm. member right um tragedy type things so, right uh, i had those awkward conversations with my parents <laughs> and my sister because you know, i was like where's the line <laughs> and,
0: right what yeah. what would what would have to happen for you to pull the plug where the terrier I, would have to heal yeah,
1: yeah. i think Well, I did have to pull the plug, didn't I, on the previous attempt? Sure. Yeah, I'd love to talk about Mm -hmm. that disaster. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, let's uh, just—we're well into it, but—and I'm sure I'll say this in in the introduction, but for clarity purposes, uh, Sean completed 105 Iron Distance Triathlons in 105 consecutive days. Uh, At the outset, the goal was to eclipse James's record of doing 101 by doing 102, Um, and there's so many kind of interesting. Um, similarities, points of overlap with James, his experience, but also many departures, right? On the one hand, you're a guy who, from the outside looking in, sort of positions himself as the everyman, the non-athlete guy, the, the kind of ordinary dude who's going to go out and do something extraordinary. But that's really not entirely accurate. We can go into the backstory and how you got into this stuff. I think there's some super interesting stuff there. But the other perspective is that you actually had a lot more experience than James did with these extended multi-day adventures. That gave you not only a level of confidence going into such an audacious goal, but also uh, you know a sort of a library, a copious amount of experience to rely upon, knowing that you could get through difficulties and how to kind of navigate the training leading up to the experience, but also. The day in, day out kind of grind, and 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 determining, you know, in the monkey part of you, what's important, what's not, and how those puzzle pieces fit together.
1: Yeah, exactly, and 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 you're right. I sort of, I am, I was the everyman, because I just came. I was a school portrait photographer until I was thirty. Yeah, we're going to get so, into all yeah. that because that's nutty, um,
0: some crazy stuff. Yeah, there.
1: so. But you're right, you know, there's, there's two parts of me as well that go, one, you know, so you're, you're the every everyman show. And how could you be doing 105? Yeah, who's this guy? You know, he's he's this guy? not going to yeah. break James's yeah. record. Well, like this guy, he's got yeah. a little
0: paunch belly. <laughs> yeah. He's got a beard. He lives in the countryside. <laughs> yeah. He thinks he's just going to go out and yeah. like beat the Iron Cowboys yeah. record.
1: Exactly. And then a part of me is going like, have you even looked to my website? Like honestly, I can't do this. Look, I,
0: promise, I didn't know. You know, you know when exactly. I first started paying attention to you, I, I mean, I kind of knew who you were, and I knew you had done some other stuff, but I didn't know the extent of yeah. your resume when it came to yeah. adventure
1: endurance. No, exactly. And then so part of me is like, honestly, guys, I can do it. Please believe me. Look, this is this is what I've done. You know, mm-hmm. um, so, and 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 you're right. You know, I'm quite proud now to actually have gone from this unhappy school portrait photographer to you know, someone who's got quite a long CV of doing multi-day stuff. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, if it's under two, if it's under seven days, I sort of don't even count it as an event now. (laughs) 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 I've probably forgotten about it on my website other than the cheese rolling, which was Mm -hmm. 23 seconds or whatever. But, um, yeah. And, and, and yeah, you're right. It's, it's, is that juxtaposition, but I don't want to stop people thinking I'm the everyman because I am and I've been tested. I went to a human performance lab, you know, the one that the Brownley Brothers go to and everything. And I remember secretly going there thinking, yeah,
0: there's something about me. Right. Yeah. I got some crazy yeah, vo yeah, max. Yeah,
1: they're going to write papers on me forever and they did, I did all the tests. I did the same tests that Jensen Button does with all the cognition mm-hmm. and the and uh, your reaction speed, all the tests in the heat lab, sweat, power, VO2 like everything, threshold, lactate threshold. And uh, it was a couple of weeks later and I go back and then a different person who did the test looked at the papers and there was, you know, they printed it all out. There's about 20 pages and we sit down, he's all excited. He's going through and I could just see his expression drop. And right there. He's like, mate, you're actually pretty average. <laughs> and in fact, you've got a disadvantage because uh-huh. I lose 3.4 grams of salt per liter of sweat, which is almost twice as mm. much as most people. So I really have a salt deficiency. So I have to really work on that as well in the hydration pie chart of this. So, uh, Yeah, no one's writing papers on me for a while. Right,
0: yeah. Yeah. But actually, it makes it more aspirational. I hope so. To know that you're not some kind of physiological outlier. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, exactly. And I think so too, because you're right. I mean, you've talked about outliers in the past. A lot of people will look at you and if they presume you're an outlier, they think, wow, well, I can't do that because he's Mm. this, he's got loads of money, he's he's a millionaire, which I'm not, or he's got biological advantage, which I don't. and that's why i put on my website the hiccups bit cuz i yeah you I, have a whole section yeah, of all your failures all the things i've messed up i almost failed the first time i do everything cuz actually i have no i really don't care about mm-hmm. failing i don't i don't feel guilty i don't feel like i've let people down i'm just like oh that didn't work i'll try again you know and that's in just in my nature i don't mm-hmm. know why i've not had to train myself to do it i guess um Maybe that's your so, greatest gift. Maybe, yeah. That's, that's what makes memory. you an outlier. <laughs> well, we, we it's
0: true. Like <laughs> you can't succeed if you're not pushing the envelope yeah. of your capability, which means you're going to fail. Yeah. That's the only way that you yeah. grow.
1: Yeah, exactly. I also have a very short-term memory. Mm. It's brilliant. You know, like all those miserable days and all this <laughs> when it didn't, <laughs> didn't work the last time, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, to the point of actually, there's some things that I sort of did on the irons now where I'm like, I worked this out 10 years ago. Why have I forgotten it? You know, like little food hacks, like drinking mm-hmm. the cream, for example, and to keep the weight on, because I only lost three kgs over the whole time. Uh, and I lost that a kg a right. month, um, which I was pretty happy. I was expecting to lose more, hoping to lose less. Started at 70, which I didn't want to put on weight because mm-hmm. uh, I didn't want to run heavy. I wanted to run at a at a good weight to start with. Um, and I thought, well, let me just nail my nutrition and calories at the start. Um So, yeah, it's sort of trying to get on top of all of that, um, which, again, comes with the 12 years of experience and, and all the different things I've done.
0: We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel. But what you wear isn't just clothes. It is, without a doubt, technology Subscribe to Soul Boom on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts and explore other groundbreaking series at voicingchange.media. Yeah, I think that, that one could form the mistaken belief that you just sort of barrel into these things and figure it out as you go. And what I've learned and discovered about you is that there's a much greater uh, granular attention to detail, preparation, and the daily schedule than one might imagine. Because if you go to your Instagram, like you have that before and after photo, yeah, and the before <laughs> yeah. photo, it looks like well, you were out of shape yeah. and you just trained your way into this thing, yeah. Um, but that's not the truth. And I and I heard you talk about um, the. Endurant, the endurance science aspect of this in a very intelligent way, yeah. which is this notion that people have mistakenly that, look, there's only so much training you can do. Yeah. So you're gonna have to kind of go into this fresh and and get fit as you go. And I think that was in part some of James's mindset going into yeah. what he was doing. And your point, which I agree with entirely, is that's a huge mistake yeah, because then you're creating that downward spiral, right? If you're not fit enough, where you can, you're not able to go out and do an Ironman, an Iron Distance Triathlon in Zone One yeah. and finish in time to get an adequate enough of sleep. Yeah. Then you're going to dig into your ability yeah. to recover, and you're going to just precipitously decline slower, every day. Exactly, yeah. If you're able to do that Zone One and do it in an adequate time period, yeah. then you can recover, and you can get more fit from that but you've gotta be able to do that every single day without your heart rate exceeding yeah. like 110. Yeah, exactly. And there aren't very many people that can do that, right? Yeah. So you have to have the endurance base, the restraint, the efficiency, the mitochondrial density, all of that going into it, such that you're putting yourself in a position to succeed from the gate. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. And, and James says you gotta be, it's 100% mental and 100% physical. Right. Um, and I went in, probably 75% physical. I, I, the, the, so I started in April. I was plagued with illness. All of January I had off because I had th- three or four different chest infections. I had a good couple of weeks in February. Then the end of February, we went on holiday and I did a bit of training on holiday, but not not enough. And then beginning of March, I did a bit and then it was taper. So I really dropped because what I should have done uh, is I did three sessions of everything a week. Um, and bearing in mind, I'd failed last mm-hmm. June.
0: Yeah, you started in June yeah. and you only got like what, six in? So, seven.
1: seven. So, I got, well, well, yeah, let's talk about the failure there. So, on day, well, firstly, <laughs> my route was terrible. <laughs> uh-huh. I was doing an open water swim, which, forget the cold, because it was a bit cold, I was losing 45 minutes in admin because we'd have to get to the gate, unlock the gate, drive on this bumpy track through a Ford, through a river you know do the swim and then halfway through the swim i needed the loo i'd have to come out wetsuit port loo cold wetsuit back on and it was just it was a terrible decision uh, and actually I, d- I had moved to a pool by day five anyway mm-hmm. so i would have i made that cho- that transition and then the same with the bike and the run the, the the bike was too hilly the run was too hilly um and then on day five i was cycling a bit up a real steep uh, gradual gradient and i was like oh well i'll have some food now because i'm going slow i put my left hand in my jersey back pocket and I, my front wheel went in a long, thin pothole. Mm-hmm. And then I was holding on the the elbow pad for where your elbows go on the tri-bars. And then in that sort of, I tried to overcorrect and I just steered left, right yeah. into the bush, went over the handlebars, hoods bent completely in. So it was a proper stack. Uh, but the, the biggest issue is my left leg stayed clipped in. Uh, and I got up and I shook it off. And I actually thought my left knee was was done in. And I was like, oh, that's a bit... Oh, but I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And actually the rest of the bike was okay. The run, I felt it. So it was the tendon that goes from the top of your the, your shin down to the top of your foot, the one that you used to lift your mm-hmm. foot up. And the run was like, mm, okay, this is dodgy, but let's see. So day six, I woke up and I actually felt okay. Swim was okay. Bike was okay. Run, disaster. I mean, I think I did an eight-hour run that day. I was like, oh, this is not looking good. I'd already... I'd already gone over the seventeen hour cutoff, which is an un- unofficial one, by the way. The the it's midnight to midnight that you actually have. But the internet wants it. And I think it's I think seventeen hours shouldn't be the goal anyway. So I've gone over that. Um uh then day seven came and I nearly missed the midnight cut off. I got in at eleven fifty two or something. Yeah. And then I just I knew it was over. But are you it
0: thinking? Well, this is kind of what happened to James because he was of. about six in or yeah, so he when like he had his, in, I think. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. yeah, and he figured it out. Yeah, so I, I just have to stay in it yeah. or or, uh, or I'm, you know, wimping out
1: yeah. in comparison. Yeah, there was a little is bit of that renting space in your mind? Sort of. The way I saw it was there's was two analogies in my head is one, you know, I'm in, I'm on the ship and I've not even left harbor and we've got a hole in the ship. Like, do you cross the Atlantic when you're still in the harbour or you've just left the harbour or do you go back and fix the hole? Um, and so in my head, I was like, I know I can do this and not get injured. I know it. I just believe it inherently that I can own this. And I felt like I was doing myself a disservice, limping it and and because I, I just knew I could do it and like thrive on it. Not thrive because you're never mm-hmm. going to thrive because it's miserable. Um, and also I was just so slow that, I probably couldn't have. I'd already gone over the seventeen-hour cutoff anyway, so there, that was it was only to to gone, worse. and it was yeah. and it definitely it got worse. Like I I couldn't walk. I was in a brace for a while. But the, the main thing is, I I have this I had this oil painting version of how Iron One Hundred Two was going to look, and you know, on day five, someone cut a hole in the canvas, and I'm like, oh, let me just go home, get a new canvas, and start again, uh-huh. and work out what I did wrong. And as I said, I have, I really don't care for failure. And I, I really wanted to do it the way I had it pictured in my mind, which was going to be difficult. Yes, it was going to be a slog getting up at 4.29 every morning, um, going all day, like all that stuff I was prepared for. I I didn't want to just limp through and just scrape by because I felt like I was doing myself a disservice. Um, that said, though, had it happened on day like, 80 I probably would have sucked it sucked it up and just dealt with it (laughs) but so early on I was like you know what it just wasn't in the car and there was a couple of other issues with with crew I I sort of had crew rebellion really early on as Mm. well which I haven't really talked about um you know Caroline caught one of the crew guys looking for a job on day four Mm. like on his phone like at home on the laptop like oh what are you doing I'm looking for jobs (laughs) so like they didn't believe in me yeah 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 yeah. you know so Yeah. yeah
0: That's a problem. It was a problem. Whereas James has his, yeah, his really his good buddies. Yeah, that exactly. those guys were never going to leave no. his side. Absolutely. Um, I've said many times, and I still believe this to be true. That that what James accomplished with his fifty and fifty states and fifty days, and then the hundred and one. I think those are two of the most extraordinary uh, examples of voluntary. Human endurance. And I feel like they still to this day have not gotten enough attention or credit for what he achieved. And then I see you go out and do it. And listen, I was, you know, with James on the 50th day of the 50, and I showed up at the 100th day. And I, I mean, I saw the whole thing, and like I was right there when he started to fall apart, like literally less than, I don't know, maybe a mile or a mile and a half from finishing that hundredth day okay. and the strain that it had put on his body and what he was kind of enduring. And I was mesmerized and 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 just really um, impressed with how he completed all of that. And then I'm watching this unfold with you. Yeah. And I couldn't help but think, this guy's making it look easy. <laughs> And I'm not saying that it was easy or that that was your experience, but there was a a difference in tone in the way that you were holding all of this. Like it seemed not effortless, but um, there was a sense of ease around it. Um, Whereas with James and what he was doing, there was the word I would use, I guess, would be intensity.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think I wonder if it's a British thing like there's definitely the keep calm and carry on attitude in in Britain where we don't sort of we just you've chosen to do this mate like crack on what don't moan. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess
0: well I'm thinking of Ross Edgley like yeah. always cracking jokes yeah, no matter and what. There's banter and, and there's a there's a lightness to yeah, the Yeah, and thing.
1: then there's also that this tall poppy syndrome is quite big in Britain where if you get a bit above yourself mm. and you know come back, come back down to it, yeah. mate. And uh you know all the people that came and joined me who were just random as, you know, I didn't have anyone as part of my crew who, who came and paced me on the bike or joined me on the run. I was just relying on people. Whoever fa- showed up. Falling on six every day yeah. at the pool.
0: And it all yeah. was, was quite contained. I mean, with James, it just became it metastasized yeah. and like every day there was more people yeah. until you get to the final day or two. And there's, there's thousands of people yeah, there and yeah, you're yeah. ending up in a, high school stadium and there's like pomp and circumstance. And um, part of that's fantastic because it was all these people who came from all over the place to celebrate and to also share how much that had impacted them. Like I was Mm -hmm. running alongside people who were sharing their story of how they were so inspired and lost this weight and started, you know, like that's an amazing um, aspect of the social media world in which we live. Whereas with you, it was just like a ragtag group of a couple people every single day. And it kind of felt like it stayed in that consistent zone. Was that by design or was that just the way that it unfolded?
1: So it sort of unfolded that way. But I I was also very aware that we couldn't have too many people join me, especially on the bike.
0: You had a very narrow lane in which you were riding.
1: It was super busy, public roads, British, you know, roads, um, we had 89 junctions on the course 75 of which I could have stopped to zero like so it was a lot of stop start Mm. you know on the days where I was maybe 10 I think the most I ever had excluding the the 102 day was maybe 20 riders and even that was too many cars were getting annoyed um was a couple of close calls with people passing trucks big trucks when they would take one of the corners would. Or you know automatically cut the corner and then mm. you're trying to look over the hedge to see if anyone's coming and we were very nervous that if it got too big something was going to happen and we had three crashes and one of them a guy went under a car in the wet but mm. luckily the car had stopped in time uh and the other two were in front of me just overlapped wheels you know people that weren't fit enough to actually do the, the course quickly because we were doing a good pace you mm-hmm. know we were doing a six six and a half hours really which you know unless you've a good rider i mean that's that's a, a decent yeah. pace and some people would take the chance and go "Oh yeah i could do that and then they would just head down not looking where they're going hit a pothole yeah. overlap a wheel and then i'd be behind them and i'd have to swerve around two of the crashes and luckily you know I, mm-hmm. I was unscathed but there was certainly an element of nervousness to let it get too big so actually i think even in the 90s i took down all the information of how you could join um, and see. figured that actually, if yeah. people wanted to join, it means they would—they were super keen and they were mm. would go and look at my straw. Yeah, they're and, they're sort of
0: passing a test yeah, just exactly, to get there. Yeah, and I think at one point, didn't you you rode like a five something, and it scared off a bunch of people yeah, who oh, yeah, day, you? I remember this
1: actually. This is <laughs> yeah. so I remember James saying, "Yeah, the first ten days are going to be horrible, but day ten, it's all going to get better." And on day nine. A couple of riders came, um, Adam and Ben, and we blitzed it. And I was hanging on for dear life. And uh, yeah, we did like a 5.58 ride time. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember going, yeah, took me nine days, James. You know, (laughs) it took you 10. Yes, I'm one day up. And then for the next week I was ruined. But uh, yeah, I had to sort of say to people like, please come, you know, come and join me on the bike because that's not our normal pace. Mm -hmm. And um, in the whole... 12,000 miles or whatever I rode I think I only did about 200 on my own you know I yeah. did, the longest time I did on my own was day 2 I did 120k so 80 by 80 miles of it on my own and then someone joined and then I had a few other sections where I did about 30 or 40 miles on my own before someone would just turn oh, up yeah. on their lunch break and do a stint and that was the benefit of doing a lapped course so it was sort of 10 mile down a couple of 30 mile loops and then a 10 mile back each mm-hmm. roughly uh, which meant people could do just the morning bit before work or one lap or right. two laps or come at the end. And it's sort of encouraged. Whereas if I did a long out and back, you're sort of committed to the whole ride. Yeah. Really. So, yeah, yeah.
0: What was your communication with James like? Yeah. While this was unfolding. Oh, it was
1: great. So the first attempt, he was like, oh, where are you? I want to come and join you. And it was amazing, you know, because like, he inspired me. So that there mm-hmm. is what would James do?
0: Like oh, WWJD yeah, well, on James your kit. G.
1: Yeah, I was like, cause, like, what would he do,
0: man? You know, <laughs> yeah. like he super Well, on day me. six, when you, you know, when you had your thing, <laughs> he, know. Would, he would have kept going. Well, exactly. I didn't have this printed on that <laughs> <Yeah>. kit.
1: <laughs> um, so, because the backstory about me attempting the 100 is, I when he did the 50, I was just blown away. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. I wonder if I could do 100 because it seemed the next step in my my cv of of triathlons. so i'm the only person still today who have who swum cycled and run lands entered on groats which is the length of britain i also then had the record for the world's longest triathlon 4200 miles which is sort of like a quaddecker continuous but the bike leg was shorter uh and so this was sort of the next thing and also of the four types of world records you can do which is world's first furthest or longest fastest and the most of it's the one I didn't have a record in. Yeah, so you, it didn't, a, you didn't have a most I of. I didn't have a most of. I had a record in the others, but I didn't have a most of. So in 2018, I thought, actually, I'm going to have a crack at 100. And I thought of a, a, a route. So I was living in the Lake District. I was going to swim in Coniston, where I lived. Uh, and then I worked out a bike leg down to sort of Barrow and Furnace and Ulverston and that. Um, and then you could run up the quieter side of the lake twice. And it was exactly a marathon and in hindsight it was all would have been terrible all of it but i'd thought of mm-hmm. it anyway and then i got married and, and kids and covid and so i just parked the idea and then when De- um james did the 101 i was like oh yeah it is doable right let me revisit that um and then that's when i revisited mm-hmm. it last year and then obviously it went tits mm-hmm. up but uh- <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
0: but you're doing it You're making it look easy, at least to an outsider looking in, um, and you're creeping up on the record. You meet the record, you surpass the record, and you decide to keep going. James sneakily snuck in the 101 and didn't tell anyone, which was great, (laughs) uh, which meant you had to do 102. And then after that, feeling good, you're like, well, do I keep going?
1: Yeah, yeah, so I, Part of my process is to go into it believing wholeheartedly it's a done deal. Like, if I just turn up, I'm going to do the 102. Like, that's it. And I have to believe that. The terrier. Yeah. And and I do things, in. I put things in place to, to make myself believe it. So, for example, I printed numbers up to 123. So, I printed caps and, and race numbers up to 123. Because in my head, I was manifesting this concept that Not only am I gonna beat it, I'm gonna go way past it. And it's just part of my process to go, well, it's a done deal, I just have to turn up and do it. Um, And so I knew I was always gonna go longer. I knew I was always gonna do 103 because I wanted to see what it was like doing it, not having to do it. Like, I just wanted to see. Would my Mm -hmm. body just go, whoa, what are you doing? I'm giving up and I don't make the cutoff. Or would I thrive? Would I be like, oh, the pressure's off. Am I gonna enjoy this? I had spoken to Caroline a week before and I was like, I feel like I can go on. Like I genuinely, I really do. It's horrible and it's hard, but like, I feel like if I just turn up, I could, I could roll this out. I really think I could. And just, I remember the look on her face, like the words that came out of her mouth were very supportive, Uh but the look at her face was like, don't do this to me, man. Like I'm solo parenting here. Or like, yeah,
0: yeah, they told me this was the guy that I was getting married to. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and we sort of had a conversation. She's like, right, well, if you need to go more, you, you're never going to have another shot at this. Just go more. So, And for context, your
0: wife is self-employed. She's self-employed. And but, you have like a four-year-old yeah, and like a- Under two-year-old. Two-year-old. Yeah, two-year-old. yeah, yeah just yeah. under two. So life was That's hard. Yeah, and it she's was, doing it she's all. She's amazing.
1: Yeah, she was amazing. And she was coming running a marathon every Sunday with me as well. First time she'd run a marathon since having kids. So mm. yeah, she's I won the wife lottery, definitely. And- uh, So then I'm thinking, right, well, I can carry on. But then there's other things to consider. Like, I'd be moving Christmas Day, you know. And like the crew, the riders who join me, everyone's like so focused on 102. And that's what I've told everyone. And if all of a sudden you go, oh, actually, no, that's not the end. The end's like two weeks later. (laughs) Everyone's like so invested in this day. It'd be like moving Christmas Day. And I was like, well, I can't do that. But I tell you what, I don't want to quit either. The terrier in me doesn't want to be the one that gives up. So I definitely will do... 103 and then I'm gonna let the internet decide 104 so I did 103 and actually it was such a good day I felt really good the pressure was off um my times were a bit slower but I sort of didn't didn't mind um and then I thought right let the internet so I went on Instagram and did a poll and then obviously 71% of the internet hates me yeah <laughs> and they said carry on of course and because I, I thought of maybe just got getting the internet to decide but then after it was 71% well they're always going to keep going exactly yeah and I sort of didn't really think about that and I thought, right, well, from now on, I'm just going to flip a coin. Because then if the coin says stop, it's not me telling myself to stop. It's me, just the coin says stop. So that's good. So for, for to do day 105, I flipped a coin and the coin said carry on. Uh, and then on 105, I flipped it again and I would have done 106, but the coin said stop. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that was emotional, actually. Yeah. I remember flipping that coin. Was it harder yeah, to not do it that day? Yeah, it was day? harder. Yeah, I, I, the the, hard, the the way I can think about it is imagine having a job that no one else in the world has and no one else gets to have and I have it and it's blimmin' hard and it's difficult but it's so rewarding I'm getting goosebumps actually goosebumps thinking about it it's so rewarding and the community that's being created around it is <laughs> sorry that's got me there um, yeah I just would you give it up? <laughs> yeah wow <laughs> yeah i just didn't want to give it up mm-hmm. <laughs> because everyone that came and joined me like i think that's the thing you know all these people that took time off work and everything Who didn't think this would happen <laughs> mm. um you know it was so amazing and uh yeah i just i didn't want to let go of it <laughs> yeah yeah so um and that's why, yeah, just, I knew as soon as I gave up, gave up, I just would be getting, you know, I wouldn't be doing something that no one else in the world is mm-hmm. is doing right now or gets to do. And yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was, uh, that was hard, but also it was time to give up because I remember Monty, my eldest, going, Daddy, Daddy, is your challenge finished? Can you play with me now? And, yeah. oh, that just yeah. cut to me, you know, so, um... Oh, excuse me. <laughs> no, it's yeah. great. I
0: mean, I think there's there's two two competing things here. One is this sense of specialness and this honor of carrying this mantle forward. Yeah. Like you were very present and aware of the fact that this is a special set of circumstances. And for whatever reason, you're in this position, yeah. you've been chosen or you chose yourself to to do this thing. And there's, there's a responsibility to show up for that. But I think if I had to guess what provoked you emotionally is the fact that it was meaningful for other people. Yeah, absolutely. And that it cultivated community. Yeah. And in that, I, I hear and see somebody who understands the power of, of what these challenges can represent in terms of it being about more than yourself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's the true like vein of energy to tap into, like Mm -hmm. if you want to keep going, right? That's the energy fuel, the source that will always give more and more and more because it's a benefit to something that's so much broader than you and your goal and like the terrier.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And it took me ages to work out why these guys were waking up at like five in the morning and coming and riding with me. And, but then slowly you're right. I heard about, each one had their own little challenge. One guy wants to cycle 12,500 miles this year. You know, Clive wanted to get white shoes and you only get to get white shoes. If you do a hundred miles averaging 20 mile an hour, then you can buy your white cycling shoes. Mm. And he did that with me. And, and, and everyone, some, you know, one guy lost two stone, which is, what was it? In, in 40 pounds, you know, coming to cycle with me every day. James, he called him because he came almost every mm. single day, either on the bike or the run. Cause he, he did shift that allowed it at work. And, uh, yeah, it was just, it blew me away, that, that camaraderie. And we still have a WhatsApp group now of everyone. And right. one of the regulars actually did a 24-hour bike ride on my course just this last weekend. So wow. I went and I did a shift from one thirty in the morning till 8 a.m. Um, as he finished that. And everyone's got, another one of the guys did 300 miles on Zwift as well. <laughs> mm. So it it was, uh, cool. yeah, it was really, really amazing. and 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 I just didn't want to give that up because... Yeah. I was feeling okay don't get me wrong uh, it was tiring getting up every day doing those 14 hours a day not seeing my kids coming home and Caroline even though she was super supportive it's hard solo parenting you know shout out to all the solo parents there in the world it's really tough and um but I knew I could just turn up and and do it because like this is what I'm good at and I i like being good at it and i I like the reward from it and the money coming in for charity was great and like just everything about this unique experience that no one else in the world could ever do i just it was hard to to Mm. let that go really
0: i'm sure you get asked a lot how many do you think you could have done and Uh, i did hear you say yeah on another podcast that you felt like you could do 200 Yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah i could have on the route I had in this country 200 is probably probably doable with the weather I think once you start so I started in April and that was the earliest I could start it was snowing like two weeks before and the weather was terrible in April it just the wind was horrible like it was the mud the conditions you know you've you've going across loads of farmers tracks with like muck and cow yeah, why didn't you
0: just and, go to like yeah. ibiza or something yeah. like that where the weather's great <laughs> well, and feel know, like yeah. the most the flattest most temperate climate I like i, I don't know phoenix it. or like you know dubai or yeah, something know. Know? no
1: well there was thought of doing it in america so i've cycled <laughs> as part of my around the world bike ride i yeah. did miami up to, to missouri down to arkansas texas up kansas down oklahoma um where did I finish? Then then New Mexico, Arizona to Phoenix mm. and then it let, stopped at Phoenix because I, I, I got run over in, in, in Arkansas. Right. So I, I was a bit delayed on my flights. And then I've also done, I did the Route 66 bike race in 2016 um, and I love cycling in America. And, and I think if you were going to do longer in America and you also wanted to play the tailwind game, you could find a, a town which just had a spider web of roads, do the swim in there do the tailwind game run at the end mm. go back each night mm-hmm. and i think that would be sustainable to do this more and more and, and actually because there's two things that people will do now someone will possibly do 106 solo with no outriders mm-hmm. um, or or they'll go longer much longer so 200 or maybe a year because in america you, you, if you wanted to do a year you have to get very lucky with a lot of things like injury and illness and, and that sort of thing but you could do two locations so one in the south in the winter oh, and one in the north right, in the right, summer. Right. Um, oh, that's so interesting. It's doable. Yeah. It's doable. And in fact, yeah. a part of me is like, Damn this
0: it, is the, This like, is the monkey.
1: I'm no, the guy I'm to do it. Like, I'm definitely yeah. the guy to do it, but it's just the wrong time in my life. It, mm-hmm. it just wouldn't be fair. Um, but if no one's done it, like in 10 years time, I'll, mm. I'll, I'll re- revisit it. But um, no, I think, I think you could. I think once you get to a stage and, you know- If you look at all the people who do deckers and double deckers, you know the real, the really good people are doing ten hours. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you look at, so I've done one hundred and five. James done one hundred and one. There's a Latvian guy who's done sixty, and he was doing ten hours, eleven hours. I don't know why he stopped at sixty. Like if you go online, you can see all his data. Then there's a French guy who's done forty-one. There's a bunch of Italians who've done thirty, and then all the double decker crowd. Um, Yeah,
0: yeah. I think that's an interesting. thing to explore from a scientific perspective because it 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 sort of puts to the lie the idea that the people who are good at this are just the real slow force gumpy plotters, mm, yeah. you know, the the 14, 15 uh, you know, minute mile guys. Mm. But if you're really fast and you're yeah. incredibly fit and efficient, you're actually in a better position because up. you're you're gonna get like hour, hours extra every single day. Yeah. As and the compounding interest of that Absolutely, is. yeah. I remember you know, when you calculable. did when
1: you did your five around Hawaii. you Remember the sec the before the last one, you said you had eleven hours sleep or something, right? Because you we, felt amazing. Yeah, didn't we, you? we
0: got a little day yeah. off, and then I mean, I felt better on that day than I did on the first well, exactly, day. Exactly, yeah. Because But had the sleep on the other the things, the things with the flights and the we were, I mean, we didn't know. It was like we were getting. I got yeah. like no sleep yeah, at all. Exactly. So you, it felt like we were just pulling all nighters yeah. and doing well, exactly. This
1: stuff. And so that's my point. When you don't have the sleep and you don't have the recovery you, you're having a rough time right. whereas you get if you say as you fast you get more sleep and recovery you're on the front of the wave mm-hmm. um let's say slower people choose a continuous decker or double decker because the cutoffs are a bit more lenient and you can sleep whenever you want mm-hmm. whereas if you're really slow and you try a decker you know you've got to be at the swim at six a m you might you know you might only get in at three a m right once I know. you start and then you've only got <laughs> three hours sleep and then yeah Eventually you may yeah, just yeah, not yeah. even make the swim. Right. So you're right. That you want to get to a point where you can do a for me with because I had forty minutes in a car every day, I'd ten minutes to the pool and thirty minutes back home from the run. I
0: th- Oh, there's lots of room for improvement there. Yeah,
1: yeah, except I live in the hills, so I had to mm-hmm. go down to the flat bits. Um but if you if you if you lived right near the pool and you finished your run near the pool, I think fifteen hours is your bare minimum mm-hmm. each day. For me it was 14 hours, 14 and a half, but call it 14. So as long as I could do 14 hours in zone one, then it was, it was sustainable. And I didn't crash on the bike and, and didn't do anything stupid and I managed all the little niggles. So, you know, mm-hmm. of those 10, 10, pillars of endurance, muscle management is one of them. And, and I'm very good at that. You know, this, the smallest thing that's happening, you know, I've got a grain of sand in between my toes. I take my shoe off straight away. Immediately. Immediately rather than just, yeah. oh, it'll be fine. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm really good at that. And. And if I feel like a little thing in my hip, I'm like, right, go back into my memory. Has this happened before? Yes. Right. What did I do that time? Right. Tennis ball here. Stretch this. Do that. Tape that. If it's not happened before, right, physio. What's mm-hmm. going on? And I had a couple of new ones where I was like, well, what's going on here? So we we did some stretching and physio and that sort of fixed it. But I get on it super early. I don't let it get to a point anywhere near tendonitis, anywhere near stress fracture. You know, I try and nip it in the bud. Um... I'm always looking at my technique in my head, like where am I landing on the run? How's am I stomping on the pedals on the bike? What yeah. am I doing with my shoulders on the bike? You know, on the hoods, try and vary between the hoods, the drops and the tri bars. But more important than any
0: of that is what's going on in between your ears, yeah. right? And you have some pretty interesting um, mindset techniques and, and tools. You are listening to this podcast because you care about improving your health and your well-being. But this quest is incomplete if you have yet to add my friend Dr. Rangan Chatterjee's Feel Better, Live More podcast into your listening quiver. An RRP favorite and someone I'm personally quick to call when I'm in need of good advice. As you mentioned earlier, James famously says it's 100% mental and 100% physical. Uh, On the mental side of things, this notion of disabusing yourself of any plan B, I think is really powerful. So talk a little bit about that.
1: So when I go into something, A, I mentioned earlier, I go in wholeheartedly believing, and I really do believe it's a done deal. I just have to turn up. Um... And then it puts me in a mindset of like, right, well, I know I can do it. I know I'm going to do it. Where does that certainty come from? I don't know. I've just always been like that to the point of, and that's why I fail. Like my first attempt at running the length of Britain got injured, failed. My first attempt at my across Europe cycle record got injured, failed. First attempt at this um, got injured as well. Um, And that's, yeah, and it's probably because I have this sort of ignorant side to me. I go in probably a little unprepared. You go say, in completely
0: yeah. half-cocked. Yeah, yeah From the get-go. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you're a guy, I want to get into your back, let's just take a little diversion to talk about your backstory a little bit. You are born and spend your early years in Zimbabwe. Yeah. You then moved to South Africa. Yeah. Your dad is a, a big game conservationist. Rhino and correct? elephant conservationist, yeah. yeah. So you grew up as a little kid with like elephants running around yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we. Uh, my mom used to get annoyed because every day she'd wake up and the elephant had drunk all the water out my paddling pool in the garden. That's wild. For, year, for like weeks, she thought it had a hole. And she's like, where's this blimmin' hole? And then it yeah. got up early and there was an elephant. <laughs> Just...
0: So, I mean, that's a pretty unique yeah. childhood yeah. that connected you with the natural world in a, in a way that, that that I imagine um, yeah. is probably more meaningful than even you consciously yeah. know. Um, then South Africa, then you end up in the UK. And I get the sense that you're a bit of a rolling stone. You don't really know no. No. what you wanna do or who yeah. you wanna be, yeah. but you seem kind of content to just roll with whatever, with you know less than a dollar in your pocket and just yeah. figure it out as you go
1: no absolutely i mean even coming to the uk i remember the reason i came I'd, I'd done a year at photography college and then they asked me to be an assistant lecturer for the following year just helping out in the dark room and various things helping out because the, the, it was only a one-year course mm-hmm. and then i finished that year and all my south african mates were coming back after their two year visa ran out going oh britain was amazing i loved it we got to travel here 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 and here and i'm at the bottom of africa going, oh that sounds cool i can't do any of that from here Uh, I got an Irish passport. It's just like a free train ticket. Um, Let's just go. I didn't need a visa or anything. And I think three weeks later, I landed. I pretty much sold everything. I managed to scrounge around and get a £100 back in 2002, which wouldn't have lasted long, Mm -hmm. even back then. I'd found out about a job in a salad making factory in Cambridgeshire, which is the ones when you buy salads in a Bag, you know, which you yeah. shouldn't do but you know you, it was that factory where you cut the lettuces and put them in mm-hmm. the conveyor belt and it all gets fixed and then I started working in a photo lab I did that for six years cut those days down as the photography grew and in the early days the photography was great I photographed Prince William a lot of the sports stars had jobs in India and mm. Morocco I worked on the Harry Potter films in the stills department helping out the main stills photographer Murray Close Um, So it was all going well. and Because the dream was to use the camera as a passport to travel the world. So I was going to work for National Geographic.
0: It was the adventure that was calling. It wasn't the art of photography. Not that that wasn't important, but the real motivator was you had this drive and desire to see the world. Absolutely. And the camera
1: was going to be that unlocking key for all that. Mm -hmm. I remember as a kid taking all the pages out of the National Geographic magazine and putting them all around my bedroom. and And then i got to london and then the reality of paying rent and buying food and i landed up living in a room not much bigger than this with seven of us there was a bunk bed and i was on the bottom bunk a double bed in this corner and then three people on the floor it was so small the one guy's legs were out the corridor like it was tiny we were just like it was almost squatting but the landlord knew we were there and we were paying him rent and he was like well i can't kick him out so i Uh was charging him like 30 quid a week or whatever it was and um but I just did it and lived out of a suitcase for a couple of years, just couch. I moved, I moved 12 times my first year in London, you know, <laughs> just trying uh-huh. to get more photography jobs. And then I remember there was a point where I was going to go down from, so I was working five days a week and then just thought, well, I might as well work six days a week, earn a bit of extra cash and then I can buy more kits. So I was trying to save up for more cameras. And I just got to a point where I got some new kit and was cutting my days down, I think from yeah back to five and then my flat in london got broken into and everything got stolen absolutely oh, everything
0: oh i didn't and know and i was like ah. Oh. Oh.
1: so i went back to my boss at the photo lab i was like hey simon can i go back to six days a week please <laughs> and then it took me another year of working to buy more kit and you know so i, I was working in that lab for six years cutting mm. my days down but then on the side of that you know i was getting some creative jobs but they really were terribly paid um but they were creative but the 22 year old of me was like well, I need to earn more, of course, because I was chasing the money. And I found out that photographing um, school portraits at nursery school level just paid quite well. You know, you sell the pictures to the parents and they all buy the pictures. And mm-hmm. and I did that. I did one school and I was like, wow, that was quite a good earner. And then I was like, well, let's do this. And I, I had a business partner, James, and him and I just were like, right, let's go all into this, thinking if we earned enough money from the schools and we got photographers and to shoot them and people in the office we would have more time. But actually we had less time. No,
0: then you're just building yeah. the business. And yeah. so then we eventually had an office. And...
1: We had seven staff. We had like four photographers, two people doing Photoshop, um, and one salesperson getting us. And we were we we did nurseries up in the Midlands around Birmingham, all around London and the Channel Islands where James was from. And uh yeah, got to the point where photographing ten thousand kids a year and, and that was the goal, more just a number, like it's 10,000 this year, it needs to be 12,000 next year. Mm-hmm. And it just was, we knew each kid was worth X amount of money per child photographed. And yeah, eventually I turned- This is the, a far to, cry from yeah. the National Geographic. <laughs> well, exactly. You know. Yeah. And then, you know, there's the part of me that goes, and it's just like, just suck it up, just deal with it. It's rubbish, but you're putting food on the table, mate, mm-hmm. you know, well done, Um, get on with it. And then I turned 30 and I was just miserable. So I went to James, I said, mate- I'm out, like, I'm out. Like, can you buy my shares? Like, I'll walk, can I walk away? And then he was like, yeah, sure. And going through and looking, doing 10 years of accounts. And I'm thinking, ka-ching, you know, a, you know a little bit here, not a lot, but enough to sort me out a year or something. And he said, like, I'll give you a quid, mate. Let's take it or leave it. I was like, yeah, So you built this, I mean,
0: that's a pretty robust, stable, big business. Yeah. yeah. And you're a partner with one other guy. Yeah. And you walk away with a dollar.
1: Yeah. And then I bought, I spent three quid on a frame. So four quid on the frame to frame the pound. So he gave me a Jersey pound note. It's the only part of the UK, they still have pound notes. Um, I've got it in my office at home now. So I've spent four quid on the frame for this uh, one pound that I gave. Yeah. So I was minus three pounds. from <laughs> But you know, for me, it but was- But to reclaim your life. And it was, it, you right. know what it was? It was me going, right, this is my symbolic gesture of A, keeping my friendship. Because James and I are best mates. He was the best man at my wedding. Years later, even so, it didn't ruin that. And I'd known him for twenty years. Such a good
0: friend, though. He, so, couldn't, yeah. he couldn't. He couldn't give, give me more you equitable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is this a guy? Yeah. Is he a good friend?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, part of it. He he sort of thought I was dropping him in it a little bit because I was mostly the photographer, the creative, mm-hmm. and he was the business guy. And if I left, he would also was like, well, what about? Do I, I don't know how to do this. um so there was a part, and we had some loans that needed repaying, and he also sort of didn't like it either, so he was going to shut the thing down anyway. Um, but then the other part was me going like, I'm not doing anything purely for my financial gain ever again. Like, and it was symbolic. Like, mm. I'll take this pound, and this is it. I'm going to moan about it and talk about, talk about it on podcasts forever. Um, but then, so then I had this this sort of like, like what am I going to do? I wanted to go traveling, but didn't have any money to go traveling. And also, I the traveling wouldn't have scratched the the terrier which i hadn't quite worked out this concept yet but i thought i just needed to do something and then i thought well what if i break some sort of record that has an element of travel to it maybe i'll get a sponsor and they'll pay for it because that's right this
0: idea of seeing other people who were traveling the world on someone else's dime and 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 that being draped with this world record attempt and you're like well why don't I go after well, a world it's all, record? You know, people rowing,
1: get rowing, somebody else to pay yeah, for rowing it. Rowing the Atlantic, climbing Everest, they all had like logos of companies like, well, Just like you do. You have a lot of well, logos exactly, on your shirt you know, right now. And that, well, all sport relies right. on sponsorship from every but level, a, right? But you, you had zero had done experience. Nothing. <laughs> nothing no.
0: <laughs> you were in no position to ask anybody for money or or to back you no. in any kind of feat. I had to cycle given a in, resume yeah. that had zero experience on yeah. it.
1: No, I know. I got, I, uh, like nothing, nothing. No, but I got lucky. I, um, I found a company that supported a charity and I went in with this sort of idea that, well, what if you support my, so the thing I thought of was the round the world record,
0: right? Riding uh, your bike all the way around the world. world, Was that like a low hanging fruit
1: record in terms of time? Sort of. Um, it was still, you had to do a hundred and. 67 miles a day so it's, it's still hard but yeah. the current guy who's got the record did 240 miles a day wow. fully supported mark beaumont um so alan Bate had the record uh and vin cox so vin cox had the record but only for a few days because him and alan Bate were actually going together and then alan Bate took his record but vin cox thought of this concept of like well, whoever wants to go for the next record, why don't you all start at the same time? And he made it a race called the Global Bike Race. started on the uh, 12th of February, 2012. Mm-hmm. And the idea was start at Greenwich, come back in time for the Olympics in London. It was an awesome idea. So I was like, right, I'm going to enter that. So I entered that, then went to this company who I knew supported a charity in Africa. I said, well, if you support me, I'll raise money for you for that charity. And who knows, I might raise more um, for the charity, and, and yeah, they would, they just liked it, uh, they liked the idea, the, the CEO loved cycling, mm-hmm. and that's how I got funding, I was like, I couldn't believe, it. I mean, it's, right. it's, it was so rare for a, just a novice to sort of get funding for such a big trip, and I, yeah, I'm eternally grateful. But you did Neil. did you even have a bike? No, but well, so point? I had a bike, because so I had cycled Lands to John O'Groats.
0: Oh, right, you did it in like 25 days, 25 like days. a, yeah, like a very yeah, casual. Yeah, it was, mm-hmm. I remember,
1: if I did 60k or something or you know, 30 or 40 miles, it's like, whoa, I did a big day today. So I had no, I had the adventurous spirit, I guess, but I had no physical ability. You know, I remember my first bike ride. So once I'd sort of got an email from the company saying, right, I think we're in, um, I thought, right, well, I'm gonna get my bike out the shed, which A, I then suddenly realized I'd done Lands End John of Groats on a 62 frame and I'm a 52. So mm. I was, I was yeah, like, that's this, a it massive, was, massive frame. Massive bike. Wow. Um I I tried to cycle London to Brighton, which is 60 miles. And I got to Crawley, got a puncture and didn't know how to fix it. had to get the train back home. (laughs) Um, And um, yeah, so I was really at a base, but I had the fire. I had the fire. It was something for me to chase. And all of a sudden I knew that if I just put in the hours, I could get to a level. Because I'd looked at Mark Beaumont and Vin Cox and Alan Bates and James Bothorpe and Julian Saraya, all these other people who'd done the round the world thing and i'm like they were just normal people with jobs and things um none of them were professional athletes mm-hmm. so I like well if they can do it I, i'm surely i can and i'm just going to have a crack and then train 40 hours a week right. for 6 months yeah how
0: did you ramp up to 40 without getting injured
1: so 20 of that was on saturday i'd get up at 4 4am 4 5am cycle through to midnight um wow. and yeah just slow base, base zone 1 zone 2 cranking out i was 30 so yeah 2012 yeah 30 so I was, mm-hmm. I was still young enough to not pick up all the niggles that i'm picking up now and yeah just worked really hard and eventually I got to the point we're doing something like 200 miles daily mm. as long as it's not too hilly mm-hmm. wasn't really sort of unthinkable um,
0: so you set about this attempt to cycle all around the world uh and misfortune visits you yeah. in the united states
1: yeah, yeah. i was uh I was doing really well. I'd done, so from, so the rules are you got to do 18,000 miles and you've got to pass two antipodes. And because there's so much ocean in the Southern Hemisphere, you've got Wellington and Madrid or a place in Malaysia and a place in Ecuador. And those are the two I chose. Uh, so I, and you can fly in between bits as long as mm-hmm. you make up the miles and don't go backwards on yourself. So I went down, flew to Spain. So I did a bit in London, but I, I, it really started in Spain, went down into Morocco because I wanted to do a bit of all the continents except yeah. Antarctica and then flew to Santiago, did Santiago to Lima through the Atacama, again, doing 170, 180 miles a day, flew to Miami and did Miami all the way up uh, into Missouri. And then it started getting a bit cold. So I started turning back down. And then when I was in Arkansas, yeah, unfortunately, someone just ran me over. Um, They were speeding, they admitted speeding and they were on their phone, I believe. And uh, I actually don't remember anything. I went to bed the night before and woke up on the side of the road and I remember going, how's my bike? And they said, yeah, it's pretty total, mm. man. I was like, what? Just lie to me. <laughs> you know? Tell me it's okay because without the bike, you can't carry on. It was actually one of the rules. You had to do it on the same bike for some reason. Um, so the record was off and i was going to come home were
0: you in the lead in this adventure so are was, you you're not racing side by side no with
1: people. no a guy called mike hall um rest in peace he unfortunately got killed sadly got killed in a in a, a bike race in australia years later and he was one of the best in the world and it, it took took the wind out of my sail for ultra cycling for a while actually he was in that race as, as well and he would have i would have beaten the record but he would have beaten me mm. yeah he was he was amazing, like he was just so inspiring again, just a Yorkshireman with a belly and but it was just a machine wow. on the bike he he won I don't know if he slurs the Tour divide record, but he, he he won the tour divide a couple of times he did the, he'd won the Transcont uh, across the trans am sorry uh-huh. he set up the transcontinental race now that's just been um yeah, really amazing so he probably would have beaten me even though I think we were neck and neck. His route was slightly quicker because he went east and I went west. Um,
0: but you get hit by
1: this car. Yeah.
0: And it's not a small thing. Like you fracture no, your back. Yeah. Like you're in
1: bad shape. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, I I, I would say uh, to the guy who ran me over, like it wasn't his fault. Like I was on a road you should never cycle on. But I'm just following a line on a map. You know, he's he, he's a baker, I believe he's done this road every day of his life he's probably never seen a cyclist at 5am and then there's this idiot you know and and it was raining and there was some traffic lights ahead so i think my rear red light and the red light reflection off the water in the road so yeah no no hard feelings was just one of those unlucky things but yeah i just woke up with a compression fracture on t11 a chipped tooth concussion um Legaments like knee and right foot because they stay clipped in oh, sorry yeah right because that's i must have swerved at the last minute because i landed on the grass um and he hit me in one of your big pickup trucks you know mm-hmm. the ones you if you don't get here in europe uh i went straight up hit the windscreen my helmet did what a helmet's meant to do and, and compressed and took took the pressure my rear wheel like it just was trashed the frame was bent um and it was it was game over really for the record. Even though I thought I could carry on, the doctors were like, nah, it's not happening." And it turns out that the doctor on duty, Martin Carey, was Welsh, and he's like, "Right, don't stay in the hospital. Come to my house." And they, the 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 Careys, Martin and Missy, are just, oh, I owe them everything. They just looked after so me. You're in
0: Arkansas, yeah, and you go to the hospital, yeah, and it's a Welshman. Yeah, I know. What a
1: Yeah, so wow. I mean, I owe them everything. And they took me home, and they bought me a new bike. They phoned the bike shop here in the uk and said remember sean can you send us a new bike please we'll pay for it yeah they were amazing wow. so i was of course I was. this is so before they bought me a bike i was going to come home um and then i remember going through my kits and i came across this little olympic torch at some kids at a school near the olympic village in greenwich made me and the idea was we're going to take this torch around the world back to london for the olympics and i'm looking at it going oh man these kids are going to be so disappointed That I don't take their torch around the world, and then all of a sudden the terrier had something to chase again, and I was like, right, I'm carrying on. Mm. But then I sort of had this not for the record, not for the record, to raise money for for the experience, experience, get this torch back mm. to the kids. I had to convince my parents, and I was like, like this is going to be a hard sell, you know. Like, and then I thought, right, I've got it. So I remember phoning them and say, hey, mom and dad you know statistically no one gets run over twice like I've had my turn I'm carrying on see you bye (laughs) which in my head still makes sense but um it was the only way I could justify carrying on in my head and feeling like right well I'm not going to get run over again and I've got this torch to get back to the kids so I did slightly less mileage uh I think I was 2,000 miles short of the 18,000 in the end um and a slightly different route in, in Australia but yeah I got back to the Olympics sort of Mm. I can't remember. Two completed that. Completed that. Completed yeah, that. Yeah.
0: So this is a very circuitous uh, route that we've taken for me to arrive at the original point that I wanted to make, which was twofold. On the one hand, back to this mindset thing around no plan B, the terrier. You latch onto something, it's gonna happen no matter what. So much so that you sell your business for a dollar, You. Talk a sponsor into underwriting this adventure uh, that you have no experience in whatsoever, and despite being hit by a car and fracturing your back, you still find a way to complete this thing, which I think is unbelievable. But beneath that is this minimalist sensibility: like a dollar, I'll sleep in a, I'll sleep in a room with seven people. Um, you're, you've designed your life. And it seems like even though you're married and you have kids now, you keep your life lean enough such that adventure always remains within your grasp, right? Like, it's all about having a baseline so that you can go and do all of these amazing things. Like, there seems to be a lot of intentionality behind that construction.
1: No, absolutely. I tried to lead as simple a life as possible. I lived on a boat for three years Mm. on a canal um in up near Worcester i bought an old world war ii gunboat that that harland and wolf made and they also made the titanic so that was a concern but it was <laughs> it was this beautiful wooden wooden hull and a lovely arch and it was uh-huh. used um to rescue spitfires in the war and when i took the front paint work off it slid the roundel from the raf roundel wow. i had the engraving with the 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 raf in the back um of the boat and and the stern i should say and uh and I love boat life. It was super simple. You didn't buy that bigger telly because you couldn't. You didn't buy another sofa because you didn't fancy the current one because I had a built-in one. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just I didn't have a garage to do my all my, my hobbies and that. And that's probably the biggest reason I moved off the, off the boat. Uh, and also it actually randomly sort of there's how I met Caroline was just a whole series of circumstances that if one of them had not happened I would never have met the love of my life and one was getting injured on route 66 I then was going home to the boat and it was really flat I was like damn it I need hills in my life so I literally the next week moved to the lake district just for six months to finish writing one of my books and to do some hill training Then a friend of mine was going to come and climb Scarfell Pike the highest Mm -hmm. mountain in in England Uh, and she bailed on me like last minute which means I had the weekend free. So I went to the Kendall, Kendall Mountain Festival and met my wife. Mm. And if any of those hadn't happened, I would have never met, met Caroline. And then once I'd met Caroline, I sort of knew that moving back onto the boat was never going to happen. So then I tried to keep it, thought I could maybe get it up to the lakes. But it was it was 60 foot, it was long. So I eventually sold it, which was a shame. But yeah, going back to your point, I do try and live a simple life as possible without too much... Distraction around what I want to do in life and what you know gets me going, but it is hard when you have kids and family and responsibilities. And yes, all yeah, these sort of things, There's so.
0: there's compromises because yeah. you have competing values. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, but you have on your website, in addition to a whole section with all your failures, um, you also have a section on dreams. Yeah, and one of the dreams that that you have publicly announced. Is to live on a deserted, a deserted island, island, basically. Yeah. So, you you have this Forrest Gump sensibility, the beard, Forrest never stops running. Yeah. Um. But here you are, like channeling another Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks character, H- yeah, like you. Away. You also <laughs> want to be castaway. Like I feel like, yeah, you have the terrier and you have the monkey, but you also have Tom Hanks yeah, yeah. as like a talisman. <laughs> I actually have
1: a tennis ball called Wilson. That I, <laughs> oh, you do. That for I feel energy. like
0: you need to meet this guy. There, <laughs> there's there's some kind of energy, Absolutely. you know, exchange here, um, but yeah. Yeah. This idea of living on a on a deserted island um, satisfies that that part in you that that just wants to be connected to the earth and and free or liberated of the trappings of the material world, yeah. which which I think is is operating as part of this desire for adventure and exploration. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like yeah. how can I live in a more natural, primal way where I'm experiencing the world? Yeah in the most tactile way possible. Yeah.
1: No, I mean Caroline and I talk about it all the time, I mean, you know. Our oldest is our oldest is just starting school in September and there's we do you know we conflicting with like should we just take a year off and go and find an island and live on it?
0: Or just and, I could see you, know, you on a sailboat with your family sailing around about the world the and, and, and raising your children yeah. like wild animals or yeah. what's that Vigo Mortensen movie where he's yeah. got them in a school bus? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that's a great <laughs>
1: film. And um
0: until it's not. Until it yeah, goes nutty. But know, anyway, yeah. go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, no, it's true. We've talked about the boat thing. I, I just uh-huh. get terribly seasick because um, I I have the land. You have a sailing record. I have the sailing record for Landsend yeah. John Groats as well. But I was sort of the t boy. Like my mate, uh, two of my mates, full sharp Alex Alley, proper sailors. You know, fast boats and everything. And um, yeah, I was just there to help out and but yeah we did an 84 hours i think we still have that record i'm not sure mm. but yeah, i was seasick for 50 of it you know um yeah that was terrible i think since swimming britain i've got t- uh, tinnitus as well and I, I i was getting into paragliding at one point and now i've had to bin that off because i just get really bad motion sickness yeah. so the boat thing is just i know that feeling of being seasick for yeah, days yeah, yeah. and weeks and um but no you're right i would it, it's it's probably going to be the thing that i Regret not having a crack at at one point, and Caroline's the same. And but then we've got responsibilities as parents. Like, is it is it a good idea mm-hmm. to take a kid out of school and make them live the life you want to live?
0: You can play that game all day yeah, long. Know, like, like, you don't know. You have to live your life according to your values and raise your children mm-hmm. in the manner in which you feel is mm-hmm. is is in their best interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think whether or not, however that plays out, nonetheless, you're this person who 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 has. Been to many places and connected. Uh, you didn't just, you know, drive around in a tour bus and fly to places like you've been <laughs> boots on the ground, yeah. traveling at a very slow speed through amazing swaths of planet Earth. And I think one of the one of the beautiful things is that you can come back and tell the rest of us what you discovered, yeah, right? Yeah, so. Yeah of all the places you've been, of all the people that you've connected with and the things that you've seen, like, what are we not appreciating or understanding or what what can we learn from from what you've experienced um, that could maybe shift something in how we perceive our own lives?
1: So one thing that I, whenever I traveled, I'm probably the, not a great person to ask this question to because I'm mostly heads down, not talking to anyone Mm -hmm. and living out of service stations. (laughs) But when I do meet people and chat to people or or chat to people afterwards, who maybe I cycled across Russia and they saw me and then, you know, messaged me on, on Facebook, is that we're all pretty much the same all over the world. We all just want to get up and do a job and have holidays and all these sort of things. But also I've realized that how important it is to have some sort of physical goal in your life. like anywhere in the world, I think anyone should just have something to work towards that has a physical element to it. I think we're all way better for it if we do that. And I know if I don't have some physical goal, that's difficult. I'm grumpy. And and all the people I meet all the way around the world, they're all exactly the same. We're all the same. Mm. We're all humans on this planet leaving. Yeah, we have slightly different circumstances. And and you know, some people live in easier countries than others, of course. Um, but inherently, I think, you know, we're all pretty much the same and we should treat each other all the same and we should all have a physical goal. Right, <laughs> empathy, empathy yeah, and connection. Absolutely.
0: But as for the physical goal piece, articulate why you think that's so important. Explain that to the person who's working two jobs, who's never done anything physical, but their life is hard enough as it is. Yeah. Why do they need to build something like this into their life?
1: Because it's, you know, it's, for me, it's the same as just breathing oxygen like i think you you have to do it you know you have to just do it Cause i think you're also just missing out on life because there's a whole aspect of life that you're not experiencing by not engaging in something that that has a, a challenging element to it on a physical side you know like when you change your diet you've you've untapped this whole new world right that you just didn't know existed mm-hmm. and i think the same thing is is there for having a physical challenge, and it doesn't have to be going and doing an Iron Man. It can be literally just trying to do a five k. My my wife's mum's been doing Couch to Five K all year. She's still doing it, um, and it's great. You know, she's just got this thing. She's got this drive now. She gets up, and yeah, it's hard, um, but she's getting there slowly. Mm-hmm. I would also say is don't be in a rush for it because I think that's also, and I am, I definitely am. take your own own medicine all the time you know you know have the goal but you know be prepared to do the steps to get there and don't get disheartened Mm -hmm. when you're not achieving what you think you would achieve because you're just going to burn out or get injured or you know if you push it too hard and, and do stuff for the fun of it you know i'm into mushroom foraging so i I'll go for a run without my why watch is that, or anything. Why is that not surprising? Yeah. <laughs> oh,
0: if I had to like draw a picture of somebody who's a mushroom forager, yeah, it'd probably look yeah. a lot like
1: you. Yeah, and, <laughs> and actually near me there's I'm <laughs> like, Sure. Porcinis yeah. are like the gold of mm-hmm. mushroom foraging and I know where all there are near me. So uh, you know, sometimes I'll just do it for the for the fun of it. And I think that's also important to not mm-hmm. not always realize that there is a a, a fun element of of exercise and sport and challenging yourself. I think it's important to link
0: those two things together. And I think beyond just the idea of embracing doing hard things, it's the cascade effect that occurs when you put yourself in that position. Because whether you succeed or fail in the pursuit of that goal, you're building self-esteem, you're raising... Uh, the ceiling on your own sense of personal capacity. And that spills over into every area and aspect of your life beyond just what you're capable of physically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you're just pushing that bar higher and higher. Mm -hmm. I've got a a 22-month-old. He tripped on the pavement the other day, burst out crying, thought he was dying. You know, we don't cry now when we trip on the pavement because we know, I'm, you know, I'm not going to die if I trip on the pavement. So our bars are really higher. And I think it's by putting yourself through those difficult scenarios and creating a bit of hardship in the form of physical activity um will as you say lead to all other aspects because the next time something else happens in your life you go well that wasn't nearly as bad as running a marathon i can definitely do this you Mm -hmm. know so i think that's definitely an element in that side of things yeah
0: back to the mindset stuff so this whole aspect of the conversation was kicked off by Uh, talking about this no plan B Mm. idea, which resonates throughout your life. Like you're someone who can pick up on a dime and go do something else um, without worrying about like a safety net essentially, right? And carrying that into these endurance pursuits, talk a little bit about in the context of the 105, how this idea of not having a plan B um, became kind of a reliable, default mantra
1: yeah it was, it was interesting actually I a couple of close flat family members actually sort of set me aside and they go "Sean, sure. i like what happens if you can't do a full a day will you start doing halves a day mm. <laughs> i'm like uh no what are you on about they're like well instead of just quitting if you get injured again what if you just dropped it down to doing halves a day and did 102 halves oh. instead i was like oh, absolutely not like and then when that just, gets hard, you can go yeah, down to Olympic exactly. distance, yeah, Olympic and then sprint, and <laughs> yeah. then eventually doing a 5k, <laughs> yeah. and then it's just running or uh-huh. something. Um, so, no, it was. I was sort of offended. I was like, it's just never going to happen. I'd right. rather fail and go back to the drawing board and start again, trying to do the fulls every day, then r- reduce my my bar or make my ambitions lower. Mm-hmm. Like I don't get any satisfaction about doing halves a day. Zero. Absolutely zero. You know, I could do a whole year of halves. It would be less satisfying for me personally. It wouldn't feed the terrier because the terrier wants the fools. Right. right? So, and
0: on some level, the terrier is sort of like a mad alcoholic though, <laughs> who's developing a very high tolerance. Yeah, and needs to be fed even more and more well, and more and, and more, more. This is a concern. This is later the down this the is the hungry ghost. Well, yeah, I mean, gnawing some point, on your soul.
1: Well, exactly, because at some point i the terrier will never be satisfied right he'll have achieved and
0: you something. you attempting to satisfy it yeah. is a is a is a yeah. lost pursuit No,
1: i know i know yeah that. but i'm like la 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 <laughs> of la, diminishing returns yeah.
0: that will slowly drive you mad
1: absolutely and, and, I'm, until only well, exactly. and like, I'm only your wife leaves you exactly yeah I'm, i've got another 40 so, years of things yeah. to fill i don't know keep if-
0: telling yourself that you're running towards something yeah. No. And and start understanding or appreciating what maybe you're running away from. No, no I'm not I accusing you yeah. of anything. No, I I, just, I, yeah.
1: I I am obviously running uh, towards and away from something. I don't know mm-hmm. what it is. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't answer it. I wish I had an answer. I yeah. at the moment I'm just winging it. I'm winging and winging it and see what happens. I think because m- no plan B. No plan B. Exactly. I will just at the moment I'm good at something, and I'm good at. Being miserable, cold, wet, hungry, and tired, and I'm good at doing multi-day stuff, and I'm good at nailing those ten pillars of endurance, and I'm going to keep doing that until I can't anymore, and then when that does happen, then I think of another plan A. Mm. That's something else, and maybe it's being a PE teacher at school. You know, I, I really, I I'm, I'm, youth sport is high on my agenda now. Um, since I've had kids, I've just noticed how hard it is to to try and get facilities especially in north wales where i'm from and uh so now that's my focus i even got a letter from prince william oh you did yeah, i did yeah it's on a... day 60 something he wrote we got a letter through the post with the kensington palace stamp mm. on and we we're like what is this and it was like conway. am i being
0: knighted yeah <laughs> <Did> you... <laughs> exactly <laughs> is this the obe what's happening oh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's like Mister conway congratulations on your 102 and then he wrote a lovely paragraph and uh, on the importance of youth sport and how, because he's the, the Prince of Wales, of course. Right. Uh, and then said, good luck with the rest of your challenge. And then just a signature, and it doesn't look like anything. So we were like, first we were like, who wrote this? We were like, it must be the janitor who's just got mm. a letterhead. And then we Googled his signature and it's come up. And his signature is just Willie. It just says Willie. And- um, But this so, is
0: what True Venture, True Venture Foundation does, exactly, right? Yeah.
1: They, they all, all, it's, it's, at the moment, it's North, ba- North Wales-based, where we're- they have, through the money we raised, are going to have a grant system for clubs, youth clubs, and for athletes and individually, youth mm-hmm. athletes, that they can just apply for. So all yeah. the money I raise is in a pot at the minute, and soon we'll, they'll be putting it out. And I'm, I'm working, I'm volunteering with them basically indefinitely. Ryan lives near me, who's, who set it up, and we That's go, I went to a youth triathlon event just this last weekend and did the prize giving. It was the final event of the year, and we're just trying to get more kids. Because in North Wales, only 39% of kids do sport outside of school wow sixty-six thousand fewer kids in wales alone do sport outside of school since covid mm-hmm. um and then we hope to expand a uh into the rest of the uk spit first wales then the uk and then also expand the types of sports we'll support mm-hmm. but at the moment it's it's triathlon swim cycle run and, yeah. and a couple of smaller ones like there was a club who couldn't put a youth volleyball uh, water, polo. water polo in together because they didn't have the small balls for the for the kids? Uh, because no so one would were fund able it, come so we like, I oh, right, will give you some yeah, balls, yeah, yeah. you know. So isn't
0: um, uh, is Gareth Thomas from Wales? He's Wales, yeah. yeah. He's south, he's
1: from South yeah, Wales. Yeah, south so Wales South Wales, is Wales different. there's a bit of a, a divide between North and South because South has Cardiff and you yeah. know they got 50 meter pool. There's no 50 meter pool in North Wales, for example. And the, all the other pools are sort of council mm. pools. So you have to, right. there's a slot and, and things like that. And yeah, it's, so a lot of the North Wales kids were having to drive all the way down to Cardiff for a gala. That's pretty far, yeah, isn't it's, it? It's, yeah. it's four hours plus hotels wow. and everything. And there's ne- never, never anything up in But North you
0: live Wales, so. pretty close to Wrexham. Right? They're pretty close to Wrexham. So Americans yeah. know Wrexham oh, for I one know. reason and one I, reason only. Yeah, life.
1: Ryan Reynolds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so talk to me about the Ryan Reynolds yeah. effect on that town, yeah, like where you live. That's
1: amazing. So I'm I'm probably half an hour, 40 minutes from Wrexham. But yeah, since him and, and Rob bought they the- They bought the football uh, club. They bought the football club and they've invested good money in it. and They're and,
0: very uh, emotionally awesome. invested Absolutely. in it. Absolutely, and it's yeah. been
1: amazing for Wrexham. Uh, and I've fully, I don't, I don't really watch soccer, football, um, but I have jumped on the Rex and mm-hmm. wagon, absolutely because they they're local to me. Yeah, and, and a lot of the riders that created like
0: just a resurgence of of interest in the football club or kind of local oh yeah, and, 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 they, stuff. So, and also or are they interlopers from the outside?
1: No, they've, they've they're amazing because they they're putting money into the town and yeah. and now the stadiums are full and they're selling all tickets and it's good for the community and they've gone up a league as well i think they got four more if they want to get to the premiership but mm-hmm. that's a long way off but still uh yeah it's been amazing so anyway because i cycled down quite close to wrexham I, on my website i was uh trying to get uh rob or or, or ryan to tattoo the wrexham football club on my ass for, uh, uh, for 25000 to the charity, but they never That got sounds the, like something yeah. they would do, well, though. I know, but I don't think I they- I mean, he's a marketing genius. It. Yeah, I thought that would have been yeah, great. Yeah. So anyway, that never happened. Yeah. But are sloping, so Rob will- <laughs> or Ryan. We'll, see.
0: we'll see, we'll see if this makes any impact on, on whether we can make that a possibility. Um, no plan B, no right? No plan B. You're, you're yeah, all in, you're yeah, I'm, committed, I'm all in. just I've, like they I've are to the space on the bum cheek right yeah. now already. <laughs> uh, the other interesting mindset tool uh, that I wanna hear a little bit more about is this counterintuitive notion of refusing to celebrate small wins. You would think in the pursuit of goal, a, a larger goal, that you have these stepping stones along the way and emotional engagement and, and staying fresh with it, um, involves allowing yourself to have those little wins to celebrate along the way yeah you feel differently
1: no very differently yeah Yeah. for me if i celebrate too many small wins in my pursuit of the 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 full cake at some point there could be a situation where it's going badly Mm -hmm. but i go oh well i'm not doing so well but i got xyz from it so for example once i got to 21 i had the british record um I could have gone, yeah, I'm the British record winner. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, make it a big fuss out of that. Then once I'd got to, which I thought was 42, but it turns out it was 61, I would have got the European record for the most number of continuous, uh, sorry, day, day by day uh, fulls. I could have celebrated that. I could have celebrated, um, oh, there's a couple other things that sort of I did. And then, yeah, I, I don't even remember them because mm-hmm. I didn't celebrate them. But the worry is that, Let's say I'd done all those little mini mini, micro celebrations. Let's say on day 80, something bad happened. The worry for me was, oh, well, I'm already the British, the, the European record and the British record holder. Oh, I'm happy Easier with that. Easier to quit. Oh, yeah. Well, I can be happy with what I've done. Um, and that was not good for my headspace. I needed to be, again, it's all or nothing. Mm-hmm. No plan B. I'm doing the 102. Or, and if I don't, it's the whole thing's a failure. Like, I'm not ever going to go... And start doing the talk circuit, going, Well, I'm actually the British record holder. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, it's who gives uh, a shit. Yeah, yeah. For me, per- right. Absolutely. Yeah. A bit the same as like, oh, well, why don't you do the most number of halves? Because I think the record for halves is less than the fools anyway. Um, I believe I could be wrong on that, but um uh I think it's an 17- But there could be you
0: could create a record for anything.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I know you could it's
0: like how meaningful are these records? Exactly. It depends upon, you know, how how um Incredible, the challenges, I suppose. Yeah. Um, how does that square with being a leader of a team when you have a crew of people and you're reliant upon the support that you need to yeah. accomplish the goal, right? Like you may feel like it's not in my best interest to celebrate mm-hmm. these stepping stone goals, but I have all these people and I have to keep them excited about okay. what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. And I can't expect them to adopt my mindset and And have them show up fresh and smiling
1: every single day. yeah, I think I failed on that, yeah if I, if I'm honest. I think I didn't quite because I've never really done anything with crew before. So I had a crew when I swam the length of Britain, and you know, we were stuck on a boat, so they sort of couldn't leave. <laughs> uh, and also that really was sort of something you know, doing a world's first where no one's even attempted swimming mm-hmm. up the west coast that was enough to sort of keep them excited but I, and and also I had days off on that one uh, it took 135 days but I had a good 40 days of bad weather where I couldn't swim yeah so we got to go to the pub and you know relax and have days off and things like that so I think that kept them sort of interested but again I failed there I think just motivating them I'm I'm not very good at compliments receiving or giving I feel like I'm very self motivated and I sort of half expect other people to be motivated enough if you've chosen to do it just be motivated and do it and i think i uh, and i you know apologize to the crew now i'll openly say that i'm sorry for not potentially coming across visually and verbally as appreciative as i was Mm -hmm. because i was every day i'd wake up and be like these guys are amazing like so because that's the other thing i did slightly differently to james i think is i think his crew were doing all day with him i, I can't quite work that out because there I saw, was well I saw there were pictures was, of both of them at the end of each day they would
0: come in and out right, um yeah. you know i mean they had you know they had different roles their job on the bike was to protect james yeah. and because there were a lot of people riding especially yeah. at the end and yeah, it was yeah, very yeah. dangerous yeah. so their job was to insulate him and i think they would they were taking turns with that yeah. similarly on the run yeah Uh, But those guys, I mean, they were indefatigable. Like they could just, you know, incredible athletes, super committed to James. But I think James, to his credit, really understood leadership and team building in a way that maybe, to your own admission, maybe, you know, there's some room for like growing and learning. Yeah,
1: I'm just not, I'm, I'm not very good at like going to someone and going, mate you're amazing. You're doing an awesome job. <laughs> I love you. Uh-huh. Like, I, I'm just like, I'm, I'm bad at that. I don't, and and, yeah. I, and I should be better. And I apologize to them because cause what I did differently, I guess, is I had a morning crew and an afternoon crew.
0: You can't be in so. Castaway and Forrest Gump and also be <laughs> yeah. a CEO.
1: Yeah. Well, I should have been, you know, and I, I wish I'd now, I wish I'd given them more attention and, and shown them more appreciation um, because the morning crew would do the swim and the and the bike. And then come one o'clock, which is when my bike ended, usually roughly, mm-hmm. that's them done for the day. They go home, they can do whatever they want. They had zero to do with it outside of going doing a bit of shopping as well and setting up for the following swim, which of course took time. And then, the so that was the two Chris's, they did five days on, five days off. And then Phil did everything mm-hmm. and he would do all of the run and then he would do the bike maintenance. So I had some bikes swapped out so that I, I just had a fresh bike each day uh, and nutrition and things like that. And then again, so he would, he had his morning sort of, of course he had stuff to do before he arrived and, and the, the bike maintenance and all that. Um, and, but you're right. I, if you're doing something like this, your crew will feed off you hundred percent. And if you're like, Oh, I hate this. This is miserable Why well, are doing it that energy is going to translate. Yeah, you have whereas, to you have to yeah. take responsibility you, you've for setting be, the tone. Yeah, you've got to be in a good mood and and tell them that and it's hard when things are in pain because there is pain every day all day with with doing a back to back irons. You know, your shoulders are sore on the swim and your back a little bit on the bike it can be neck or wrists um uh knees a little bit on the bike for me and then the run everything hurts, you know, mm-hmm. all, all legs and everything. So it's hard to then be like, Hey guys, good going. Well done. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Um, and I, I definitely failed on that. And I think if I did it again or someone else is doing it, like you just need to really show your crew how much you appreciate them because, you know, I, they were so good. I genuinely didn't have to think about anything. Mm-hmm. Like the food was there. I got, I got my nutrition dialed in. I nailed it. I would do it different. Uh, Cause I, I, and you'll hate me but i had almost no vegetables on yeah, the whole time I know you're
0: like eating yeah so it was full meat, fat yeah. cream meats, and eating meat.
1: meats milks <laughs> nuts fruits and grains yeah. um and half of i think i'd get 3000 calories a day i was doing about 8000 uh-huh. calories a day 3000 of that was in the full fat cream as like insurance insurance calories just in case which kept me at a, a okay weight i went from 60 i went from 70 at the start mm-hmm. down to 67 um, a 68 a good weight for me The 67, I felt like was a bit too light. I lost a bit of muscle there and, and put my pace went down a bit and that sort of thing. But, um, the crew knew everything, you know, once we'd had it dialed in, I just had to turn up and everything was ready and laid out. And they were, they were incredible. Absolutely. Just the best, you know,
0: was there a dark moment of the soul in yeah. this adventure? Yeah. Like yeah. what was the
1: hardest Piece. So it was around day thirty. I wrote a piece about it on social media where there's a series of things that happened. Um, so one of them was I got the total that we for charity, and I think it was less than a thousand pounds, but on day thirty. Mm. And I'm like, what? Why is it so low? Like, does like obviously no one cares. Like obviously I've I've missed the ball here. No one cares. We're never going to raise what we wanted to raise, which was one hundred and two thousand. And then Caroline was having a rough time as well you know that just that particular day the kids were kicking off and they were ill and they just were like not wanting to go to bed and not wanting to eat and just doing being kids basically and then so you know i'm coming home and she's having a rough time i'm like well why am i doing this If like we're not raising any money for charity at this point caroline's having a tough time um you know and you it's hard not to look at social media and see how many likes you get and all this because in my head that would hopefully transcend to mm-hmm. raising money for charity that that wasn't as as high as we thought by this point and i thought well have i missed the ball on like socially you know what people do now and like does anyone care about you know just this guy who's you know, can just go off and, right. you know, he's he's leading such an easy life, he has to create this hardship for himself just to feel fulfilled. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's
0: also a sort of point at which, oh, another guy's going off and exactly. doing something crazy. Yeah. Like there's always yeah. somebody who's going further, longer, yeah. farther, yeah. you know, and yeah. you kind of begin to yeah. have this immune response to it.
1: Yeah. So, and of course it was a personal challenge that I wanted to test myself mm-hmm. to see if I could do it. But at the expense of A, my family and b
0: like what are you actually wagering yeah, like what am I here I and doing and what like, is what's the point what is the why
1: exactly yeah you know that yeah
0: you want to achieve this goal yes you want to raise money yeah. that's not really the why yeah. like well, what is the deeper why well here? i have to
1: feed the terrier it's like i have to feed the terrier right
0: but yeah. let's go beneath that oh
1: gosh yeah i have no idea i like what is that drive all about i don't know maybe it's that social insatiability. acceptance maybe it's trying to like i wasn't very good at sport at school maybe i was bullied uh, you know i maybe I've just got this inherent need for social acceptance. You know, I was a bit of a loner and, and I thought I was happy being a loner, but actually, you know, doing something and beating my chest because all mammals need to beat their chest, right? Maybe I need that more than I thought I needed it. Um, yeah, it must be that. It must be an element of me trying to go, look at me. I'm at this stuff man i'm the best i'm the only human on the planet to have ever done xyz um it's got to be there's got to be a little ego there mm-hmm. that's fueling this fire mm-hmm. and which i think is fine i think mm-hmm. is, i'm happy that right it's there maybe you know maybe it's something just trying to be cool for my kids you know be a cool dad although i've reliably been told that that never happens yeah. but yeah it doesn't it um, doesn't, yeah. <laughs> doesn't happen i also
0: think that's bullshit that's yeah. sort of like Oh, I'm raising money. Yeah. It's it's. I'm doing this for my kids. I want to show my kids. Yeah. It's like no, nah, no, it's probably not yeah. that. Yeah, the kids don't
1: care. No, they don't care. Your um, kids are too
0: young, yeah. first of all. Yeah, and by the time they're old enough to appreciate it, it'll just be that weird thing Dad did.
1: Yeah, and you would be like, the record's 500 now, Dad. Shut <laughs> I up. Know, <laughs> like, right. Yeah. So, I don't but in know, that I don't on know. that
0: day 30 though, and you're you're sort of confronted with that why? Yeah,
1: because you know I wasn't getting maybe the social uh-huh. recognition. I wasn't getting the people going in their pockets and giving money to the charity you know caroline was having a tough day that day um yeah so there's probably a lot of those little things that well it was played Mm -hmm. on my mind and then i'm just like what's the blooming point you know what is the point i'm just it's just sport all i'm doing is trying to do a few more full irons and one other guy did you know and yeah it hit me that day is
0: it worth yeah. cratering your marriage well, exactly. and threatening your relationship with your family yeah all
1: these exactly. things and then failing mm-hmm. at a potential other goal which is all part of the jigsaw and i know the charity thing wasn't as you say the be-all and end-all because I, I needed to chase the record but it's certainly something that well I'm something you cared about cared and it also about, created
0: yeah. another layer of accountability exactly yeah. yeah
1: it's dangling all the carrots you know like what are the carrots you've dangled in front of yourself mm-hmm. To keep you going forward and, and certainly the charity is one of them and and you know the ego side is having a cool pub story and you know coming on a podcast you know all these being able to write the book you know i love i've written seven yeah you've written a lot of books seven, I although really there's, one, like... there's one we don't talk about so why is Good. that it's crap
0: <laughs> <laughs> well these these 10 rules of endurance are clearly your next book i think so yeah. so
1: i'm going to weave in the sort of my experience in iron 105 plus the, all the other stuff i've done mm. into this sort of experience book of 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 the 10 pillars i think so um and that's part of it i love writing and i love all my books are in the downstairs toilet so whenever i go for a pee they're there and they're reminding uh. me and i just love having them there um it's an ego thing as well i guess um although you do keep the the copyright to your written word for like 70 years after you die. So I love the fact that like my great-great-grandkids are going to get like two quid one month from dad's book sale, great-granddad's book (laughs) sale you go to the pub. (laughs) If
0: books even exist at that point. yeah. But back to this dark night of the soul, the reckoning with the why, trying to figure out or or find, you know, a place to plant your flag and, Mm. and continue forward. How did you get to the other side of that? What did you do mentally what did you rely upon to um to transcend that setback
1: um i don't think i did anything like practically i just was like well okay this is how i feel i feel that this is potentially a waste of my time and no one cares but i've committed to doing it so i'm going to get up tomorrow and do it and then i got up the next day and i felt a little bit better mm. and then i got the next day i got a little bit better and then within a week we had a little bit more money. The kids were a bit better. Caroline was having a good time. She came and joined me and ran a marathon. Because I think it was around then she started doing a marathon a day with me. Uh, sorry, a marathon a week every Sunday. Um, and then and a couple more new riders came. Because around day 30, all of a sudden more, mm-hmm. more riders started joining me on a regular basis. Um,
0: it's sort of a don't quit it, before the miracle yeah, lesson. Yeah, like exactly. If you stay in it, these yeah. things shift. And also...
1: A bad day today definitely doesn't mean a bad day tomorrow. That's one thing I've learnt in all the things I've done. If anything, a bad day today means it's more likely to be a good day tomorrow, I mm. think. And the same as the other way around. A good day today doesn't mean a good day tomorrow. Right? It like <laughs> goes <laughs> both ways. Well, yeah, because you can... I remember when yeah. I cycled around the world, I, I'd, you know, bits in America where I'd have a massive tailwind. I'm like, this is easy. And I'd take my foot off the gas and I'd just coast because... I was pushing less power, and the heart rate was down, and I was still floating along. And then I'd get to a town, and I'd say, "Oh well, I've had a good day. Uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've done two hundred miles, two hours quicker than normal. I'll just rest up. I've done a good day." Mm. And then the next day, I'd only do one hundred and twenty miles. I'd be like, "Because I had a headwind. I'm like, damn mm-hmm. it, why didn't I capitalize on that good day and just do what I normally do? Just, just do the time, mm-hmm. and you know, on a good day, you'll go further." So I've definitely learned that as well. You know, a good day today. Can mean a bad day tomorrow, and vice versa. So. Yeah.
0: So, Sean, the everyman, ordinary guy, with the the numbers in the lab that are super unimpressive, <laughs> we have this person, right? But on some level, there is a talent. There is a uniqueness. What is that talent? Like, what is it that makes you distinct or 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 different or um, an outlier? If you had to identify your yeah, strength, I mean, because is it tenacity? Is it the terrier? I
1: think I think wanting it, because I think there's definitely a more uh, there's at least three people who joined me who I think can break my record. You know, local local guys. There's mm. a guy called Decker Dave who had the British record for the most number uh, for a double decker, and he was doing eleven hours for a and he was 57 years old when he did it wow um so he had 20 and no one in britain had ever done more than 20 he's 64 now so even he admits that he's he can feel his numbers going down a little bit so but you know there's there are people out there who could physically do it but it's whether you want to do it for one and whether you are you know what i don't know who said it but someone said be ignorant, ignorant enough to start and stubborn enough to finish or naive enough to start and stubborn mm-hmm. enough to finish and there's definitely that element of of just wanting it so much that you're just going to sacrifice anything to get there but then there's obviously all the experience that you need to, that goes with it and that takes time and energy um so i think I don't think I'm an outlier. I think there are more people out there than maybe we think who could do these things. Mm -hmm. Um, They've just chosen not to, or they don't want it enough, um, or they're not experienced enough to deal with all the little niggles that happen and dealing with the headspace and, and that. And that comes with time. There's no way. So when I did my World's Longest Triathlon 2016 that was the last time I've been at my fittest. So between 2016 and now, I've been the, almost the unfittest I've been because I did my Europe record in 2018 and that was okay, but that was only 25 days and it was cycling only and I lost all my fitness after that. But I still think, even though I was really, really fit after the the, the long triathlon, I still couldn't have done the 105 mm-hmm. then, even though I was super fit because I didn't have the experience in all the other things that go around with it. So... Uh, I would love for someone to have a crack at the one o five like I have no business in holding this record forever absolutely none what's the ally 10%. ten percent 10 percent of me goes oh yeah oh it'll be, get it'll
0: get broken it'll but be, i bro- oh, but i like yeah. I really like the fact that you're encouraging it to be oh, broken yeah. and you're holding on to that very
1: loosely yeah, absolutely i like, email like send me a message i'll help I'll you tell you how to do I'll it i'll tell you how to do it and
0: i know you want to set up a woman for the woman's record what is the what is so, the female well, record
1: so there's someone who's done 25 and 35 days so mm. uh in america um there's uh, someone in the uk who's done 20 con- uh, 20 continuous not a, a one a day so i can't i don't know i don't know what the woman is but actually, caroline my lovely wife she's um She's interested, yeah. Which would be amazing. How, how yeah. cool would that be? A, a husband and wife? So I've, I've, uh, I've taken the horse to water with her, and she's she because she's a really good swimmer. She used to swim competitively as a teenager. Mm. She can run. She's doing a marathon a week with me, and and we met cycling, so she knows how to cycle. She would just need to get a bit quicker on. I think the right. bike and the run, certainly the bike. I mean, I needed to get quicker on the bike as well, but I've got the course. We've got the crew. We've got everyone right. in where I live, and it's so. your turn
0: to be to be Maybe a single daddy parent. Daddy daycare, I know <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so I think I think if a female did a month, thirty-one days, I think that would mm. definitely be be a record. I think it's probably twenty-one, but I think thirty-one would be a cool number right. because you've done a month of them. Yeah, because if you look at all my data, I, it definitely doesn't favor this record. Doesn't favor. Uh, A male biologically like the power was when you with a group of riders your power is not crazy high Mm -hmm. the run doesn't have to be fast the swim the swim's the easy bit like as you know it's triathlon is very skewed away from swimmers and and (laughs) even if
0: you're not a great swimmer it's still a way to recover from the day before and limber up oh if
1: if triathlon was the run first multi-day day day after days would just be a whole different game Mm -hmm. because when i woke up in the morning i was like I can't walk down the stairs, I I cannot do it, but I knew once I was in the pool, once I was a couple hundred meters in,
0: get the blood moving, get the blood moving, it fixes everything, so
1: I knew the swim was my safe space, I loved it, and even though I wasn't super fast, I wasn't slow either, I was an okay, I was doing about a, I did a 107 swim time as my fastest, and then a one twenty, I think, was my slowest. But I was hovering around one twenty total time each day. Um about one fifteen swim time with yeah. five minutes stopping to eat and, and that nothing sort of thing. So in the yeah, context it's context yeah. So whereas and on a good day and a bad day, you're losing ten minutes. Right. Whereas on a good day and a bad day on the bike it hours. was an hour and a half, yeah. two hours, same on the run.
0: Back to this notion of what distinguishes you. Um I think yes, the 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 desire, the wanting it is important. I think there's this tenacity, this determination, the terrier spirit within you. But I also think um, there's something to this propensity to action that you have. Like you are willing to leap before you look. Oh yeah. Um, And and that's the naivete piece, right? Like not being intimidated or afraid and not being paralyzed by the unknowns, which I think is something that a lot of people get overly caught up with. So much so that you decide you're going to swim the length of Great Britain, yeah, and you have like no swim training. No, <laughs> you have no idea what you're getting involved no, in, right? Yeah. Like you don't really have a background in this. You're not trained up. You hadn't swum more than I think I read three miles. Yeah, in a was pool. your longest swim yeah, in a pool? In yeah, a pool before a pool. doing that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that insane a bad idea as well. And yeah. the world's longest ultimate triathlon or whatever you you call it. You kind of went into that without really yeah.
1: training for it no. or
0: understanding training.
1: Yeah. No, none of that. <laughs> so, uh, no, was... so
0: there's a there's a bullheadedness piece to that. There's a stupidity piece, yeah. but there's also an audacious kind of boldness to it that I think is the tip of the spear that opens up these doors. Yeah. And when you pair that with not being afraid to fail, it creates an equation yeah. that allows you to do amazing things as long as you stick with it and stay yeah. in the game.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. You're, you've you've nailed it on the head there. With the swim, especially, that one, A, I didn't live anywhere near the ocean, so I mm-hmm. couldn't do any sea training. I had zero money. Um, I got sponsored, but there was an accounting error, so the money that was going to pay for it, it landed up paying for about half of it, and then I crowdfunded the rest of the swim. I only got it like seven days into the swim, so... I, the closest, I had a pool near me, but I was so consumed with all the other aspects of trying to pull that swim off because that one really no one believed was possible. You know, 900 mile swim up the West Coast. I was putting stuff on yachting forums saying, oh, Mm you know, I'd like to know about tides. And everyone was just hammering me down. Like, dude, whatever, like sailing, it's difficult in a small boat. Like, it's not going to happen. Waves are too big. Tides are too strong. There's killer whales in Scotland. Like, I got everything. So people were very cautious of trying to help because they just thought it was mm. a waste of their time um and that took all my time and I knew that actually so I could swim I knew how to swim I'd done have you heard of there's the uh, the biggest open water swimming event in the world I think is called the midmar mile in South Africa fifteen thousand people oh, did I did not know about this it's a mile across a lake fifteen thousand people do it every year mm. our school did it so when I was I think eight no I couldn't I was about ten or eleven I swam this mile I've done it twice they do eight eight um uh, waves of swimmers uh-huh. and one year i did after i swam britain i did what they call the, the eight mile club where you do all eight so you swim it they take you on a boat back you swim it oh, back wow. i swam it with kerry ann payne um and Lex, lexi kelly she's american mm. um they uh yes so i knew how to swim but i just was unfit and my mm. technique was crap mm-hmm. so when i did the cheese rolling in gloucester you must have seen it on youtube where they roll a cheese down the hill and people chase the cheese I don't yeah. really anyway, know about this. It's a 200-year-old no. tradition in Britain where it's called the Gloucestershire, Gloucestershire cheese rolling. They And it's vertical. They roll this cheese down. You run after it, head over tail. Whoever gets to the bottom first mm. wins the cheese. Anyway, I did that in 2009 and just fully ruptured my capsule on my left shoulder. So when I swim and I get fatigued, I drop this shoulder and I push like that. And then so... I just have a terrible left hand technique, Uh and it actually played up a little bit on this because, also from when I swam Britain, because of all the waves, I I did, and because I didn't want to get neck chafe, right? You didn't want
0: to get rhino neck like uh, like, uh, Ross, Ross. yeah. (laughs) I know it was crazy,
1: and I and then I just again I'm micro managing everything, and I'm very good at that. Like I never let it get anywhere near what he got because I nailed it early. I started, I wrapped a uh, buff in vaseline and um lanolin so i did a vaseline and lanolin mix in the microwave mixed it all together mm. rubbed it all over this buff put it under the wetsuit mm. uh, to stop the little chafe and then it was flushing a bit and cold but at least i didn't get chafe but then i eventually got to this technique where i would just overroll like to breathe i would just be doing that mm-hmm. rather than doing that and it was terrible but also with all the big waves i'm sort of breathing up in the sky and if you look at all the pictures on this swim now in the pool I'm like my head's up I'm over rolling I'm over rotating my legs are out like this but I knew I would get fit on that swim and because it was there was no time element other Mm -hmm. than trying to finish before winter I knew I would make it like I just I knew I just swam a mile you know two miles I can do it as long as I did about 10 miles a day I think in my head I was like right I'll get into Scotland before winter uh, even though I was hoping to do more than mm-hmm. that, but it landed up being much slower. I thought it was yeah. going to take me two and a half months. Took me like four and a half or something. <laughs> yeah, one hundred thirty. But who cares? Months. Yeah, yeah, I did it right.
0: Yeah. This propensity to act like you threw yourself into this thing and figured it out yeah. as you went, and as a result, you've accomplished things that you probably couldn't have imagined for yeah. yourself. Yeah. So I'm trying to I'm trying to like mine the lesson from that, and I think it's that courage to kind of liberate yourself from this social um this imprint uh this imprinted kind of social expectation or or attitude that we have around safety and security and like always knowing like where each step is going to lead you along the path and and you're just kind of Bouncing around like a ping pong ping pong ball, like I'm sure there's more conscious intention behind it, but I see somebody who's acting on instinct and and really driven by this sense of adventure and is is kind of just going from one thing to the next and not spending too much time worrying about what the larger plan yeah. is here, yeah. like trying to be really in the moment with who you who you are,
1: yeah, no, it's true, and I think once I think of something. It's just like, well, that's what I want to do now. Like, right. I'm just going to do it. Like, I'm not prepared. Yeah, and, and that is like a forest like, gum thing. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm just, just gonna okay. I'm going to run now, yeah. and then like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <Yeah>. no, <laughs> like, exactly. And and obviously, it, where, where it sort of bites me in the ass a little bit sometimes is there's there's weather windows, and mm-hmm. you know, so last year, for, for last year's attempt, I thought of it in December because I had this other idea which I can't talk about, which I was going to do, which you know about, but, yeah. That just kept getting delayed and delayed Why can't we delayed talk about delayed. it? Well, I don't want someone else to do it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I, okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I If I, if uh, I go, someone else might go, I'm, like, oh, I'm going to have a crack at that. And make my I'm life sure
0: harder. somebody else has thought of it.
1: Maybe. Knowing Maybe. what it is. Well, no one's done it since 1994. Mm. So. Now you're giving clues. Oh, exactly. But um, I then, in December 2021, I decided, right, I'm going to go for the 102. And then I looked at the training, I was like, right, maybe six months. Cutting it fine, but I can't really start later than July because then I'm running into October, November and weather and all Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So that was also partly the issue with the previous attempt and also kit, like, like getting kit with the supply chain issues, getting a bike was possible um
0: you and james both like out doing it in freezing weather yeah, and like what are you yeah. guys doing just relocate <laughs> well, think, yeah. this whole thing well like, he had more to, i think he had more variation
1: yeah. on temperature but i just had the rain you know yeah. just the rain oh, I just made cycling on the roads with potholes you know the, all the water just covered up all the potholes and you couldn't see them and luckily you know within a week i knew every pothole by name pretty much so uh that wasn't too bad but it was slippery and taking corners you had to slow down i was on a rainy day, I was easily half an hour slower just because it was raining, mm-hmm. you know, because your glasses are covered up with all the muck off the road and things like that. Um, so, yeah, what was the question? I'm sure there was one. <laughs> uh,
0: being present with who you are and yeah. not getting caught up in the security blanket yeah, exactly. sort of narrative yeah. About, yeah, just, around how to live your life. Like the guiding principles... Around how you're living and how you're making decisions about where to invest your time yeah. and your energy, yeah. as opposed to the 401k or the you know the upwardly mobile career path. Yeah, you're no, just like, I no well, here's what I'm that. doing. Yeah. Here's what I think I'm going to do now. Yeah, yeah. and it, that's kind of it.
1: Pretty much. I know <laughs> it's it's going to. <laughs> and is your life different? Oh, she's, she's terrified of the future. (laughs) Um, no, it's, again, even sitting here, I I can't even genuinely give you a reasonable, sensible answer Mm -hmm. because I don't know, because it's just not how my brain works. Uh, But I
0: think the, the, the bandwidth of your life, like the horizon of your life is obviously quite large right now. You're writing books, you're, traveling around, you're yeah, giving talks, I'm you're speaking, speaking yeah. you're doing all these things yeah. that would probably really impress the young photographer who yeah. had dreams yeah. of being a National Geographic yeah. fellow, right? Yeah. So when you think back to the aspirations of that person and reflect upon your life today, yeah. what is the message that you tell that that young person with a dream?
1: Just don't be scared to just wink, like have a go. You know, I and I think that's what I do. I just think of something that I would potentially regret not doing. You know, that's quite an important thing. And I think that's quite mm-hmm. common. But to action it, I action it. to like, I will 100% regret not having a crack at this. You know, like the 102, when I failed the first time, there was sort of talk about, yeah, well, you know, James Lawrence is pretty impressive guy like maybe you don't have it in you buddy mm-hmm. you know
0: and i saw him on day 100 yeah. and yeah i mean he was delirious yeah. like he struggled man yeah, exactly. you know, you know
1: so, so who are you Well, exactly. to think you know i've never done a nine man of the event in my life uh, i've never done a triathlon in fact i've i've done three i've done three one day events in my life i ran the london marathon for the scouts uh i did a tough mudder and I did a 50k ultra a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. There's literally, other than training, of course I'm doing one day training and things, but actual events, that's all I've ever done. I've never done any triathlon, not once. Uh, I've not done a, a, a proper running race. It's just it, one day events have never excited me. Um, so you're right, you know, once when I failed last year, there was a huge part of me and, People I know and the internet going like, who is this guy? We're like, right. was he Not so easy, do? right? Yeah, not so easy. Like, come mm-hmm. on, man. Like, you know. And um, and of course, as I said, like,
0: I plead guilty to yeah. that. By the yeah. way, yeah. Well, I was no, like, I, mean, I, it was, yeah, I remember no. you mess
1: when I when I announced the attempt. Yeah. I remember you saying, uh, "We'll ooh, see." Snap! Shots! Shots fired! Yeah, shots fired! Yeah, fired. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And thought, and then at six, yeah. and you had
0: that thing. I was like, I was like mm, told you. <laughs> Maybe not as no, yeah. not in like a Schadenfreude way, but out of like a respect for just how how difficult yeah, yeah absolutely yeah, 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 yeah.
1: yeah. And, and yeah a huge part of me maybe didn't take it seriously enough there was that time window where mm. i sort of knew that six months wasn't enough but i thought oh, i'm just gonna have a crack anyway otherwise i'm waiting a whole another year for the for this would have would have yeah. been this year because the sensible part of me would have been right like, when i thought of it in january i would have started in april the following year which is what i said so this year but of course i'm like well i don't want to wait 14 months like i want to mm. now and, and i think i can get there and I was wrong. I was I was wrong. You know, I the route wasn't good enough. I was a little bit down on fitness. Although even day seven with the injury, my all my times were a little quicker. So my swim was quicker. I think mm-hmm. I'd done the fastest bike on that day. That um, my run was slow, super slow. So I was sort of on the right track. But yeah, I I wouldn't have made it because I just didn't. I I mm-hmm. I just winged it a little bit too much this time. Um, and I, I don't regret it because it became fuel for my fire the next time. It was like, right, well, I've, I cocked that up. What did I do wrong? I'm going to do it better. Uh, right, I'm going to train a bit more. I'm going to work on a bit on my, by, um, my speed. Cause I can go forever, but th- th- with doing the full a day to get the sleep, you've got to be fast as well. Mm-hmm. So I had to bring in some speed work into my training. So I did that, worked on a better route, um, you know, the the crew uh, got a different crew. Uh so yeah, everything I just did a bit better that I'd messed up the mm-hmm. time before. Mm-hmm. Um because let's say I even had got to a physical level, I potentially would have still messed up because of other things had I not done the seven right. And actually so going back to getting to the start line fully fit, there's three things I would do differently if I did it again. One is I would still do my three sessions of each thing a week for six to eight months. Uh, I think that's how long I did it, eight months. Then I would do a week long uh, bike packing ride about two months out, morning till night, two hundred miles a day, just cycle. Find out anything that's weak, you know, because you'll pick up all the the little weaknesses and tendons and muscles by going day after day on the bike. I then would have taken a week off and done the same on the run. And done a week-long run with a backpack, mm-hmm. fast packing, a bit like what I've got here to, mm-hmm. to run. Uh, but I'd have thrown a tent in there as well. Done that for a week, seen what niggles I picked up because that would have picked up my weak knee, for example, and maybe my weak, weak right ankle and maybe this hip thing I've got now. Uh, and then I would have done five in a row. And I would have done a five in a row about six weeks out. And that's controversial because... And and the reason I didn't is because I thought, well, what if I get injured? Mm-hmm. Then it's ruining my attempt. But then if I get injured doing five, I'm getting injured doing 105. Right, right, so, right,
0: right. You're just you're just yeah. You're basically uh, you know creating a situation where you can pull out before you begin. Oh, because when, you're you're just realizing yeah. what's inevitable. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it, let's say mm-hmm. I did the five, and I picked up this knee thing. I'd have gone right. Why did that happen? I need to work on that go work with my physio, work with everyone so that it doesn't happen on the 105. Mm -hmm. And so there's a couple of things that happen. Not to say that the 105 I love five that. Five was going to go easily. <laughs> I love
0: that your training block <laughs> is like, okay, I'm just going to do these 200 mile days on the, and I'm <laughs> going to do this insane run camp, and then I'm going to do five Ironmans in five yeah. days, just to, just in training, yeah. to get well, ready. I think you'd have to, like, if you, you want to, like, just your like, just the insanity of that, like, in terms of how we think about difficulty and what's possible versus impossible. Like, now having done 105, your sense of normal is like so. Out of whack compared to like the average person. Yeah, that you're like, yeah. Then you do five, and then you do you know, like, yeah.
1: like well, to, to so me,
0: cavalierly, yeah. so casually. Yeah, I
1: don't know. It does seem normal, if I'm honest. Like, I, mm. I, I, I'm trying to right now think of someone else looking at this, and I it I still feels normal. Right, and that's For what me. I want
0: to. Yeah. I want to. We got to end this, but I want to bring that back to the person who's watching or listening who who perhaps is losing the thread right now because they're just, they can't relate. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's get back to ordinary Joe. I love being like non-relatable. Ordinary, I don't wanna be yeah, normal. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're like the average ordinary guy yeah. who also did this cra- crazy thing. Like what is what exactly is average or ordinary or, or normal about this? Nothing, uh, right?
1: Nothing, no, I, I like that. <laughs> um,
0: but to ground it in in accessible principles as, you know, the person who's going to write this book with the 10 tools of endurance, what do you say to that person who is struggling with committing to the hard thing or trying to access a new gear where they put themselves in a position to struggle and fail and challenge themselves physically, mentally, Mm -hmm. and emotionally?
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm that sympathetic to people with little self sort of motivation so you know I I, actually I really struggle when I meet people and they go like oh I just I just didn't want to train so I'm training for a marathon but I just couldn't you know I didn't train this week I just couldn't be honest I don't have time for people like that I I really don't like (laughs) I just you know I'm I'm not the the Goggins who shouts at you and gives you all that motivation like if you don't want to be motivated man like I just come on i i sort of i don't understand it i guess Mm because i'm so self-motivated well also if you're
0: reliant upon somebody else to provide extrinsic motivation then that's problematic because you got to find a way to
1: you got to keep getting yeah
0: yeah yeah, you have to be able to instill that in yourself
1: no but like so practically is is find out why you want to do it you know if you want to run a marathon or if you want to do an iron man let's say you want to do an iron man you've never done an iron man why why are you wanting to do it you know and and
0: yeah, but you can't even answer that yeah. question for yourself.
1: Yeah, well, I want to chase things. I, no, so genuinely, I have zero interest in doing an Iron Man, a, a standalone event. Zero, although James is uh, he wants to do a head to head on his you got to challenge try. each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. what well, he's okay. asked me, he's like, come is there going to be a day see of you reckoning? You can do a, yeah, a uh, duel. More, more shots fired, right? <laughs> um, that could be a pay per view. His fastest is 10 hours, he's done a 10 hour. I think I could do a 10. Uh-huh. I think I could do a 10. What's your fastest man?
0: I've never done an Ironman. Have you
1: never? No, see, same thing. Well, yeah, well, You've done all the long stuff as well, so you get me. Yeah, I understand. You know? I understand. Um, but if, let's say you wanted to do one, you've really got to, A, want it. And and if you don't want it, don't do it. I think you should do it, but I'm not going to be there sort of setting your alarm for you and waking you up in the morning. Like, But if you've decided you want to do it, like, really focus and put energy into the reasons why you're doing it and write them out you know write them mm-hmm. on a post note stick them next to your bed if you're a visual type of person or print pictures out i remember when i swam the length of britain I had a picture of the john o'groats harbor mm-hmm. and i printed it out and i had that as my visualization like that's where i want to get to nothing else matters i've got to swim to that spot and um and you know write them out why are you doing it or is it to raise money for charity is it for ego is it for a cool pub story um everything's just as important as 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 the other one and try not to forget it and if you Mm -hmm. you know and take the baby steps and trust the process and get other get advice from people if if things if you're getting injured especially with injury that's a hard one of course because there are certain times where injury is you know will stop you and should stop you because depending on what you want to do after that. It's
0: being able yeah. to differentiate good pain from bad pain.
1: Yes. You know, there's pain that's just pain and you just deal with it. And then there's pain that will potentially lead to something that will A, have a lifelong effect on you, or B, eventually stop you later down the line. And it's about managing that. Um, but for the most part, from a mindset point of view, yeah, you just got to think why and what's driving you, what's your motivating mm-hmm. factor. And for me, it's a record and it's trying to do a thing at a certain time you know i'm doing 100k ultra uh at the end of september i know i will never win that race like it's just never going to happen um it's i've not trained for it uh i've not done hills in months Mm -hmm. uh however i really want to see just what i can do how fast i can do it so i'm going to push myself i'm going to look at my numbers which i normally don't do and and just see. So that's I'm chasing this, this philosophy of how well I can do. Once I've set that time, then and let's say that time's close to the winner of that particular race, then maybe the Terry will be like, oh, maybe you can win it next year. You know, mm. I've signed up for the 215 mile run across Scotland for next August. Now that's something I think the the last year's winner was 58 hours. And I'm sort of going. Well, I wonder if I could do 58 hours as well. So that's something that mm-hmm. excites me, and that's all I need. That like, I don't need any other external motivation other than a for this uh, this hundred coming up is how how quick can I do that? Uh, and then and then that's all I need. I literally need nothing else. Yeah, I'm so motivated you know what, to, to do that.
0: I don't care about any of that. <laughs> Let me tell you what I want to see from you. Okay, I want to see you and James go head to head in a Mr Beast type video <laughs> challenge where you know you each have to do something head to head that challenges you in a way that has nothing to do with swimming biking and running oh, so yes. James famously won that competition where he rode around on the Ferris wheel for however many days oh, when he was a that's kid that's right that's yeah. like his in the superhero origin story of James's life yeah. that would be the opening scene yeah. right he refused. he rides it I don't know how many days or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and refuses to get off and yeah. win some prize. Yeah, yeah. You have the cheese rolling thing. <laughs> like you have this capacity to just endure on the kind of mental capacity uh, level beyond normal people. So in the way that Mr. Beast makes videos, like yeah. whoever can have their hand on the side of his boat the longest wins the boat or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want to see you I'll guys like go that. head yeah. to head <laughs> in something like that. Okay. Um,
1: I'd be I that. think that would be great. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. If anyone has like any idea. Yeah, yeah, let's keep in touch. <laughs> you I know know what I mean? Would... <laughs> like
0: just some ridiculous <laughs> yeah. challenge that yeah. really is more about your mind I think so. than anything else. Yeah. What that would excite
1: me. That would excite me, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We I, could figure I, that out. I want to do, I'd like to find interesting ways to push myself that don't take three and a half months. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I'll need to just to, not be away from the family, and that's why I'm signing up for a little bit more one-day races, which I've never done before. Um, but maybe that's part of it. Maybe there's these psychological challenges that uh, I could uh, sort of, kind of scratch the terrier, you know? Yeah. Maybe that would also scratch. But the
0: maybe terrier. instead of scratching the terrier, let's uh, let's uh, you know pet him a little bit, try to understand him, <laughs> yeah, you know? lock yeah. eyes with him, yeah. see if we can get a little communion yeah. here, a little. Yeah deeper insight into why the terrier is the way the terrier yeah. is
1: you are right i'm so terrified yeah. that he then decides to <laughs> there's to nothing to be afraid of <laughs> uh
0: self-awareness <laughs> is power my friend
1: no it's true it's true and 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 every time i listen to one of your podcasts it, i sort of go right i definitely need to work on that side of mm. me a little bit more maybe my step into yoga is going to be a I like start it. of it yeah now i'm doing the breathing thing which i poo-pooed for ages and and um but it's it's really revolutionized this last so i've only done it this last week i get up at five twenty nine. i do half an hour of yoga and it's the most transformative i've felt out of all the other things like the ice bath the sauna you know diet changes and that thing this simple thing i feel has changed me the most i sleep better for it um i feel better in the day um yeah caroline was like oh you've you've in such a good mood <laughs> lately um so I, i'm definitely gonna but i'm doing the classic sort of boy thing of like right i want to get into yoga right there a three-hour yoga session. I can do. On YouTube. Yeah, more yeah, is just better. Just more is better, right? Yeah, I know, it's yeah, terrible, yeah. Which
0: is such a it's antithetical to the whole yoga yeah, thing exactly. to begin with, exactly, right? Yeah. Like it's hilarious. And I'm so terrible. I'm um, shaking
1: on every pose, and and I love being terrible, being competitive. <laughs> yeah, exactly, in, your, in your
0: asanas, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, let's also work on maybe getting a few vegetables in you as well. Oh, so
1: we, I, I, at home, where I'm sort of part time vegetarian, mm. part time vegan as well. Um, don't have a lot of meat, and you're in growing my... some of your food and foraging yeah, the yeah, mushrooms. Foraging, I've got a big veggie plot as well. Right. Uh, the growing season's a bit bit rubbish, so you get all your vegetables right. in like a month one month window type thing. Um, but yeah, Caroline and I, we will have a Sunday roast on Sundays, but mostly our weekday meals mm-hmm. are are pretty much vegetarian. And I really would like you know reading reading your book really every i've read it twice now and i'm like damn it i really need to do this i really i really need to just go go all in um but yeah it's on my list it's
0: yeah on my list. you versus uh james lawrence who can sustain a vegan diet the longest <laughs> oh
1: i think i could i know i love it i actually you probably yeah, would win that because no, I, I don't know actually, I quite like... james has tried
0: we no talked I, about it. I
1: think it's habit it's yeah. habit more than anything i think if so we do this where they deliver all your the ingredients to a meal every right. week in a box. Mm-hmm. And so that's all... Um, I don't think they do a vegan option, but it's a vegetarian option. So we have four meals a week at home that are mostly vegetarian. Um, and, and I love it. I, I, cool. yeah, cool. I, and I feel better for it. Uh, I also do feel better with, with game meat. Than, so I do try and only... When I have mm-hmm. meat, it's either fish or game. Um, but yeah, but on, on, on the 105... Yeah, it, it just—it's just I started stomach. How stomaching, could you
0: maximize so, caloric density? Basically, basically. and so. and
1: also I wasn't there to try and do a, a sub, you know, mm-hmm. sub ten. I knew I needed the calories, and I knew I needed to survive the day, and I needed—I needed to not lose weight. Um, but food very rarely changed my my energy levels on the, on the one of because I was so fatigued, mm-hmm. I was so tired, I was in so much pain if i ate nothing or everything i was i still felt the same yeah um so all it was was just minimizing eventually going off the cliff from a performance point. because eventually at some point i'll just waste away and have no power left and then i'll be doing a 7 right. hour bike and a 7 hour marathon and then i'm back on the wave so and once i had a system because i i ate almost the exact same thing every day to the and at the same time so i'd wake up out of porridge and chia in the morning with butter and honey and I'd have that very liquidy in a litre and have that on the way to the pool. Then I'd have a banana and then I'd have some athletic greens and a couple of multivits vits. Mm-hmm. Then on the bike, I'd have small cheeses and small bits of meat. Um, then at the, if I hadn't finished the porridge by the pool, I'd have that before I got on the bike. And then there was three feed stations. I'd have a banana, a packet of crisps. Um, every now and then I could have some tomatoes and, and cucumber uh, just to, because I, I, fa- I just fancy them. Um, I'd have something like a, a Welsh cake. Um, I have a Easter- What is a Welsh cake? Oh, you are not a Welsh cake. I should have brought you some. It's <laughs> just like an a, 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 a flowery mm. like cake with some like raisins a biscuit? in it. Yeah, but no, it's more crumbly, um, uh-huh. like a scone. I mean, a scone, if you, if yeah. If you flattened a scone, 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 um, it. it's sort of like that. And then I have the cream. And then I have uh, some nuts and some fruit, lots of fruit. Right. Um, and I'd have that on each feed station. And then during the run, uh, oh, and I'd also have uh, rice pudding. I don't know if you get that, mm-hmm. but rice pudding. I'd have one of those at every feed station. Then on the run, bananas. And um, I'd have a pasta meal, two pasta meals on the run, a uh, full meal. So walking and eating with right. a spoon, a carbonara or spag bowl, And then in, in my bottles, I had carb powders. Um, in the bottles, so I'd have about two thousand calories a day, just in the bottles. Maybe three thousand in powder form, and then yeah, that especially with the, the cream, because I'd have two th- two thousand a day in cream. Which for me was, I'd eat, 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 and then literally at the end, I'd just down a bit of cream and then mm-hmm. go. And then that was sort of insurance. Right. Like if I messed up all the eating, at least I had that as backup. Right. And then that, that kept me, as I said, I only lost three kgs over the three months. Yeah, that's So amazing. I was happy with that. I it's was amazing. happy with that. Because people, I could have lost 10 kgs. I could have gone down. I'm only five foot, I'm under five foot eight. So I could have been, I could have gone on to 60 kgs easily. Yeah. yeah. from 70. Yeah. So I was happy with 67.
0: I think what you've done is extraordinary. Uh, It's a testament to the human spirit, your tenacity as this terrier and um, just inspirational for everybody to know that you've had your blood work done. You've been in the lab and you've been tested and there isn't anything physically extraordinary about you beyond your sheer determination, your force of will, your refusal to give up, your ability to persevere against obstacles. And this proclivity to act, I think, is really powerful. And I think for anybody who's listening or watching who is considering um, the upper ceiling of their capabilities, my hope is that maybe your testimony will encourage people to rethink that. Um, Because I think um, it's easy, like I was saying before, when you start, you know, this new normal around like, oh, 105 Ironmans in 105 days, like whatever, right? Like, oh, we could, maybe it's 200. Like, let's just do a reality check here and appreciate the extraordinary nature of what you accomplished, whether it was 100, 101, 102, 105. This is a feat that I think very few people can appreciate just how extraordinary and difficult it is. And as I said to James and have said publicly, you know, I think it's deserving of much more attention from the broader kind of, you know, mainstream media than either of you two guys have have received. Uh I think you're deserving of of much more attention and appreciation for what you have accomplished because it, it really is something that as somebody who's dipped their toe in this world, I have a hard time <laughs> understanding or 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 even Having a taste for what that must have been like.
1: Yeah. Th- thanks. Thanks for saying that. I um. Yeah. I haven't really thought about the external ramifications of where this has gone and where it could go and who's you know benefited from it and who's inspired by it because I'm still only four four and a half weeks out from it. So I think it'll take like four, six months to mm-hmm. a year for me to probably decompress and work out what actually happened <laughs> Cause yeah i have no memory of because every day is the same like when i cycle around the world every day was different but this one every day is the same so it all sort of went into one big blur right of and your relationship and with
0: time shifts yeah. and you didn't know what was I'm going mean, on in the world or no, yeah, yeah. So, so which is strange yeah
1: it'll be a while for it uh, sinks in and becomes i think once i've written the book and i sit down and i It'll
0: okay. force wow, you to okay. confront this, it. Wow, yeah, this, this happened. And you know, you don't have to run to Carfest if you don't want to. I think oh, you earned a little break. No, I want to. <laughs> want to okay, good. Um, well, I'll see you there then. Yeah, I'll I see guess, you there. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool. Um, thank you for coming here and sharing. Uh, you are an inspiration. Um, amazing what you've done, and I can't wait to see what you've done next. Not that you need to top it. I'm more interested in in how you synthesize. These experiences into actionable wisdom for the rest of us through the book you're going to write.
1: Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's very, very kind of you. Yeah.
0: Book. So um, if people are keen to learn more about you, they can go to Sean Conway Adventure.
1: SeanConway.com or Sean oh, on, on, on Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Those you. are the two places. Yeah.
0: That's it. Yeah. Cool, man. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Cheers. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I truly hope you enjoyed the conversation.